This episode of Probably Science is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code PROBABLYSCIENCE. Probably Science. Welcome to Probably Science. I'm Andy Wood. I'm hey, joined. Andy. Hello. <laughs> and you are Matt Kirshen. I am Matt Kirshen. I'm not mistaken. It's good to have you back. It's good to be back. Opposite me is Jesse Case. Hello. Um, yeah, I was going to record an episode while I was away. That was my plan. We I always brought, make plans like this. I like brought this. Uh, both phones to Glastonbury, like my UK and my American ones, so I could... Uh, the plan was I was going to look up the stories on my British phone and record it on my American one, and there were loads of really great people at Glastonbury that I could record with who i've been trying to get on the show for a while dolly parton dolly parton i was gonna try and get on kasabian all of the band kasabian in one go i don't know who kasabian uh, is kasabian i don't know they're english they're, they're pretty big in england they were one of the headliners wow wow yeah i've heard of kasabian with a k, uh, k- I, yeah. I can tell you though their music does get played sometimes on american radio oh, okay i've heard it before are uh, they sometimes called kasabian is it like the pirates of the yeah yes kasabian to the americans Casabian is a great Mexican food restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah good <laughs> house. house of good. It's a good house. <laughs> house well. Uh, that is the voice of friend of the show and good friend of ours, TJ Chambers. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming back. All right. Um, but yeah, I was, I was going to try and record, and it just, I forgot that. It's, you know what? You're at a music festival. There's, uh, there's a few other distractions around at music festivals, yes. and something about waking up hungover at 11 in the morning and knowing that you need to be on stage an hour later. Yeah. Puts podcasting to the back of your mind, and all is forgiven. So sure. sorry about that, guys. But it no was problem. A lot of fun. We no could problem. have also recorded one without you, and well, we, we did. Have, well, you recorded we our history. history. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I feel awful that I didn't mention on our entire two-hour marathon episode about video games that we had a listener write in who created two video games. Are you serious? I, you didn't. You didn't see that email? No, oh, I missed this that one. Is delightful. The listener's name is. Josh Leeper and we started a conversation because we we had discussed I think we had discussed some sort of mind control e toys that are activated by neural activity and I was sort of suspicious of it and it turns out it was just like a very basic is there a higher level of overall activity happening or not like an on or off sort of thing rather than like some sort of uh, prosthesis that's um, so your brain you it's not track you're not able to like paint elaborate pictures but you are allowed to go like button yes button no by thinking and not thinking about something but just thinking harder i thought of. see i thought they could i thought there was a little bit more sophisticated now i thought they could sort of do left and right up and down and it can be calibrated maybe they can i just think that the basic things the things in, an, in the whatever article we were discussing earlier god this is very vague i apologize for that what i was going to get to is further than the email he told uh, me that he is an indie game developer himself and i'm going to link over on probablyscience.com to a couple of his games that are online and flash based that are really cool one of them is called simian interface it's a minimalist intuition based puzzle game sort of hard to describe but uh every puzzle your movement um, just in the X and Y directions within the screen either gets closer or farther away from sort of calibrating something and then when it all clicks together it's like you passed but it's not always intuitive and the objects move in sometimes so you need inversely to, you need proportional to figure out ways what to it how is your about mouse your is movement that is, yeah. that is helping either put it in the right direction or the wrong direction and then I'm not doing a good job of selling it but it is a pretty fun game um, and he had discussed uh, putting in some levels further on I believe that would include our names so how do we not 
Yeah, I think he's, he said that um, he can hint there's a small chance that on any of the randomly generated story screens that contain a proper noun, players might see a name such as Whelan, Wood, Case, or Kirshen. Yeah, hey, those are the names. Data violates those Wood, Kirshen boundary. Hang on a boundary. second. There those was, are our names. Those yes, are our hold names. on a sec. That sounds... Uh, I, I like that he led with Whelan, by the way. That's great. Who has not been on the show in a while. Reverse alphabetical order. Yeah. Nope, not even. Not even. Wow. No, you're right. Not even a reverse. <laughs> Pretty embarrassed about that. Uh, but Josh, but thank quick, you for writing in. Quick shout out to our friend Brooks, who had some some sad news this week. Absolutely. Yes. Brooks is no longer on SNL. But on the other hand, he got a tweet from Judd Apatow commiserating and congratulating him on what he'll do next. So, and fuck he, you, he, he joins yeah. He joins the awful, awful fraternity of failures, such as Robert Downey Jr. and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And, yeah, uh, and the... Sarah uh, Silverman. What awful company to be in. Rob yeah. Riggle. Larry David. There's a lot of very... Larry David was a writer? Was he a writer? No, he was a writer. For, a writer. He was a writer for one season. He, never, he was never on screen. He very famously... He, I don't uh, think he got a single sketch on the air, I believe that. He didn't, and he very famously quit one Friday and then um, felt bad about it and just showed up Monday <laughs> and hoped no one would notice. Which then became a storyline in Seinfeld. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I was like, where have I heard that before? Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> that was... <laughs> How is he more famous for things he hasn't done? Like for that legendary time, he just like looked at an audience and said, nope, and just walked back oh, off yeah. stage. Sure. And you know what's weird is I've actually done that, literally done that before. <laughs> just and, turned uh, on your heel. It's, it's, it's almost like the, uh, the Irish goodbye <laughs> at a party where you just leave and don't say goodbye to anyone. Well, it, it's this thing of like if there's something else about you where people are going to decide if that's like cool or not. Like, I cannot Irish goodbye at a party because people are like, oh, he's a huge dick. He didn't say bye to anybody. Uh, like, Jesse's an asshole. But some people can. They're like, that guy's awesome. He, he just, just takes off. I think it has to do with the number of people at the party. The idea is, like, you wouldn't yeah. do it. If it's a like small if it's, enough if it's a date, can for example. leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Which I call parties. Yeah. <laughs> he just left, man. He's so enigmatic. <laughs> the way he crawled out of the toilet I've invited, window. I've invited so many girls to parties, and it's just us. And, uh, <laughs> it's real uncomfortable. Listen, but you still make them yeah. go through the party motions with the hat yeah, and the. I was say, what is it that makes a party? Is it the number of people or is it streamers? I argue yeah. that it's streamers. So <laughs> right. If there are streamers, you're fine. There is a party hey, listen, popper. Here's, a, yeah, here's can, my receipt from the party store. How can this not be a party? I have had people DJ my dates. Is that weird? <laughs> no, I think okay. that's perfectly that's perfectly acceptable. Um, by the way, we, we've got we've got quite a few people to thank. But, right. Uh, also, quick shout out to I'm I'm not even going to try with the last name. But a Dutch listener, Jasper, who came to one of the shows I did in Amsterdam. Uh, I didn't know we get people who listen to our show in the Netherlands. Thank you, Jasper. Thank you for... And he gave a probably slight shout-out in the middle of the show as well. Oh, nice. Because I accidentally ad-libbed a line about Kelvins, the unit of measurement <laughs> of temperature. And it got a weirdly <laughs> big laugh. That's great. Like, you know, you know when you just not expect... It was just a throwaway... Yeah, yeah. Like an extra B note just at the end of a joke... Yeah, and then suddenly it just got a really big reaction. I just sort of went, "Oh, that's weird." Do you think it was the spontaneity of it, or do you think maybe. it's the, the was it a Kelvin crowd? Maybe it was a very Kelvin heavy crowd. Maybe the Dutch teach science, teach physics a little bit more rigorously than the British or the Americans. Well, wait, but is it the Dutch or were you in Netherlands? Which one is it? That's or or, or was there Holland? No, Wait, it's, it's, it's one of those things that sounds semantics. like there's three different things. There, there, oh, I know, I know. It's, there it's there slightly that, is. There yeah. is. Uh, well, the Dutch is the, the, is the people or things. The Dutch is of the people. The Nether- yeah. But the Netherlands and Holland are different things I recently found yeah. out. But if you live in Hol- a non Holland part of the Netherlands, are you Dutch? Yes. Okay. 
So but Dutch, Holland Dutch is, a, is just the adjective that describes the Netherlands. Wait, Holland is the, is, is the majority Holland, region of Holland the is a subset of the Netherlands. It I actually is. Holland, Holland is England compared to the UK kind of thing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's uh, not as region. grand of a scale, but... Although, I think... Although, because the Netherlands are lands. With, uh, you know, it's the Netherlands. The UK, like the country like the would be represented Isles, at the UN as... Uh, as we might need to send this to sure. one of our Dutch... Oh, I wonder where the Stefan's the reason why we have Dutch listeners. Of course. But Stefan it's not, Pot- but it's not the Netherland. You know, so I would assume there would be regions. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying, like, it sure. couldn't be the name of a country but they because don't, it ends in, in the S. way that in international competition, for instance, at the World Cup, England plays separately from Ireland, plays separately from Scotland. Well, it would always play that separately is, from Ireland because Ireland and England are separate. Uh, from Northern, Northern Ireland. But from Northern Ireland, Ireland also yes. qualifies as well. And, so, way, yeah. Yeah, and Wales. Uh, and there's not that. There's no such thing as Holland for international competition. It's always yeah. just the Netherlands. Well, that's where it gets more confusing because they yeah. do refer to the football People team as Holland. Locally, will say Holland. But, yeah, but it's the same as, like, we're this country is the United States right. of America. So, so what I'm saying multiple. is if, if your country name is a plural... You know, that's yeah, weird. There's obviously regions that are... There's yeah. regions. Like the United Arab Emirates. What if it's possessive? It's, it's like Ruth's Chris of countries. Ruth's, Ruth's Chris uh, Steakhouse. Uh, Courts well, Marshall. Actually, when, when one country takes over another country, it was it should have been called England's India for right, a while. Right, right, You know. Right. Yeah. By I the would, way, one of our favorite bars just got changed ownership and did the reverse of Ruth's Chris and now became simpler to say where it used to be Maeve's Residuals is now just Residuals. I was like, thank you for did not it calling ownership, it Chris's place? Maeve's yeah, Residuals. Seth, Seth bought it. The yes. uh, longtime head bartender bought it from Maeve. Unsolicited plug for a great bar yeah. in Studio City. Huh. Residuals so named because he used to be able to turn in a check for a very small amount of residual. Like, was it like if it was under Anything a dollar? Under a dollar or two. Yeah. Get a free for beer. our English listeners, that's a royalty check. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a little bit different though, isn't it? Aren't those words not because the, the word royalties exists in in our yeah. in the UK, as well. they're interchangeable. Having not really ever gotten any, yeah, I think they're I well think they're interchangeable here. And I always thought the thing at that bar was just it was just sort of an honor to take one in and get it stapled to the wall. I have a residual check there they, that's like do? stapled oh, yeah. to the wall. Oh, okay. Can I like drink for it? Sixty cents or something? No. Yeah, they. I heard them say recently they still do honor the maybe maybe you don't. I didn't bring know it up, there was. I didn't bother, know there was a drink deal. Yeah, I was just like, hey, I I got a shitty one. I thought the joke oh, was that right. they're so like shitty. Yeah, yeah. It's not now the deal cash. though, you can now now you can pay in your checks with your iPhone app. So you might as well. Just so do you it. can pay it in with the iPhone app. And then still hand it into residuals. So you should be a real dick and take it so in for like a twenty-four thousand dollar check. And you then could be just like, like double win. Yeah, yeah, you could just. You know what? You I could don't, be sixty I don't like, cents up on this deal. I don't like cheating the system for free beers at all. Uh, <laughs> mm. That was the sound of our sponsored beverage, Lagunitas IPA. <laughs> we finally got the Lagunitas. We finally got it. Thank you, listener Six Scott. Six months Burley. in the making. It we took, finally guys, got free Lagunitas. It, all that matters is we got it. Uh, <laughs> Scott Burley, a listener, a uh, longtime listener to the show and employee of Lagunitas, finally got, made this a reality. We are sponsored by Lagunitas. Their beer is delicious. <laughs> so, uh, I had to drive to Compton to pick it up. Well worth it. Like when I get when I get a little bit like regretful about we leaving engineering, the sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> we forced the sponsorship. Laguna Gate is finally over. Your long national nightmare is at an end. But like I think about how if I if I was still an engineer, I'd be better off financially. But I make myself okay with that because uh, it's pretty it's pretty like satisfying to be able to be in a job where you're not only paid in beer, but then you can also drink that beer on the job. And that's one of the great things about comedy. Whoa. Yes, that's delicious, Laguna's. Hey. Uh, cracking that one open, and I know it, you know got a little little intro earlier, but I feel oh, yeah. like I because we have some people to thank, we have some things to do. Yes, I'm, but I'm I feel like we need to introduce our uh, our guest. Uh, 
Uh, we, I mean, we, well, TJ's well, been on. Friend of the show. TJ's been oh, on the show before. At this point, we can forego the... What the fuck the, am I talking the, about? The, never mind. No, no, no. Yeah. That doesn't mean that people necessarily TJ will be leaves. familiar with me in any way. <laughs> we but assume leave. everyone knows the yeah. entire canon of the it's, podcast. It's been a good year, but yeah, I'm no, really TJ, happy to be back, TJ guys. Chambers. A, I, too, the, am a fan of the show, so... The, uh, the porniest name in comedy. Is it? Easily. You think Just because of Marilyn? TJ Chambers is a very porny name. Yeah. Just because of Marilyn Chambers being No, the initials, a lot of TJs in porn. Yeah. A lot of TJs. Really? Because there's a lot of TJs in comedy as well. But uh, there's two, I think. There, or is there a third? Well, there's, there's TJ Mark Water, who's an agent. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. So TJ Miller, of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So Miller. a lot. By, by a lot, I mean there's, yeah. there's, there's three. Are you yeah. thinking of TT in the porn world? Because that guy No, is... there's definitely a TJ. Okay. Um, Isn't TT Bo- Boy? Is that his name? I T-T don't know. Boy? Isn't he, I thought it's a guy from like the 90s who was famous for being just a horrible person, which in the porn world is like, oh, if it's by that standard, you're even a bad dude. That, that's that's crazy. You're standing yeah. out in that crowd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like being like a ruthless hitman, like known in the hitman community. Yeah. You know? Um, no, I'm only really familiar with like post 9-11 porn. Uh, I'm serious. That's like about when. That's like when we got a faster internet connection. So I just is sort of... Is that when like the current generation of porn exists? Like is, is if in like the console generation we talked about last week in video games. Is oh, we're looking at it. Of, oh. Matt has pulled it up. It's TT Boy. There is a guy called TT Boy. Okay. I don't know whether that's meant to be like Titty Boy, whether that's what the TT... Is there any biographical stuff about why he's a bad dude? This is my biography. Well, Here it's we go. His, I was going to say, it's his website, okay. so that'd be impressive. Maybe he's was. a heel. Maybe it's like pro yeah. wrestling. I, like that's a good take point. On a persona. I automatically get skeptical of any artist, okay. film star, anything when they go with like a uh, fake diamond-encrusted font. Oh, yeah. That is what he has. You know what I'm talking like, about? It's like, like uh, what's, what was Snoop, the record Snoop label? From, yeah, what was all, the album? It was uh, one of the if you're under the stuff. umbrella of, um, of of what? Like, is it Master P? All of his subsidiary yeah. things have that like which would have been no, li- it was no limit the, records. I think. Yeah, no yeah. limit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I don't know hip hop, but I know no limit. But I I don't know why your font has to be worth money. Uh, yeah, bling yeah. font. I mean that's blingy. all. But that's yeah, what like, I don't get about hip hop in general. Like the the whole like wouldn't shouldn't it be off putting to your audience to be like bragging this much about your money wouldn't that well make it's changed people... let me uh all right let's talk okay. about it let's talk about it we gotta thank some listeners also I, we do have to thank I, some I, listeners to blame for going we do have to thank some listeners but um but yes go ahead this this is a testament to how influential um the wu-tang clan is um hip-hop wasn't like that it used to be very from uh, ghetto from the streets uh the struggle type stuff white lines and whatnot um and then um you know you got your your fuck the police for instance of course not ju- that's not just edgar Allan poe's landlord that was also a song uh, oh, okay. that wasn't just a quote <laughs> the lease on the poe yeah yeah <laughs> that yeah, wasn't okay. just a, a quote after he uh, missed rent yet again um <laughs> no it was also a, a popular hip-hop song uh you had uh, straight out of compton you're straight out of Compton's. You know, you had uh, you had stuff like that. But then um, uh, Wu-Tang Clan, which I, I still think is probably the most influential uh, hip-hop group if you want to look at pure influence. I mean, if you can influence someone enough to make them cut off their own penis and then later on be like, yeah, I'm cool with it. He was not in the Wu-Tang okay. Clan. He was affiliated. He was, he was affiliated. Oh, affiliated. Yeah. Um, is this like Ted- TEDx? Like you're putting on your own TED Talk, but you don't actually have the endorsement of TED. Well, This is, this is an unofficial Wu-Tang right, Clan yeah. meeting. Well, I mean, yeah, well, there was a lot of, you know, there's a lot of Wu-Tang affiliates, you know, but uh, like if Wu-Tang Clan had a similar um, like Juggalo Fest style thing, I'm sure he would perform, Mm -hmm. Ah, you know, but it wouldn't be the headline. That'd be Wu-Tang Clan. (laughs) He would be in, uh, I'm trying to think of the the lesser tense at the uh, Gathering of the Juggalos. I know some of their names. I can't think of them right now. You're twisted. I think Violet J has like a beach blanket bingo Tense, I don't know that Rowdy Roddy Piper was doing a spoken word thing in when Jimmy J.J. J. Walker and yeah 
Point well, point is, should we should we be seriously thinking about maybe trying to do a pro- life probably science from the gathering of the juggalos? <laughs> of course, I think we should. Cut. If anybody here is listening who is a juggalo or knows a juggalo or a juggalette or a juggalette, uh, we are nothing if not game to do any <laughs> festival. We are down with the and family. Get paid in Fago. I was going to say, is the episode just what does or does not dissolve in Fago root beer? <laughs> like we yeah. Mentos, sure. We support the family, as uh-huh, you guys uh-huh. call yourselves. We want to go. We want to hang out. We have our own hatchets. We will bring our, <laughs> we'll bring hatchets. our hatchets. BYOH. I uh, did go as the for like Halloween nineteen ninety four to nineteen ninety seven. I probably ooh, was those, the, that was those were good years I for was, Halloween. Yeah, that was I, a good vintage. Yeah. <laughs> I was definitely the crow like every year. So I feel like I'm basically one step removed from Hardy <laughs> being dressed very up true. like that. The crow cosplay I mean? yeah. is basically yeah. if you if, if so many he crows, gained a I bunch remember of weight, those. He would just be a juggalo now. Is basically yeah. I remember those Halloweens when everyone was the crow. It's yeah. brutal. Did um, I already tell you guys about the Brand, the Bruce and Brandon Lee grave thing? Sorry, no, we're getting real farther quick, and farther Real down. quick, okay, okay. inner 36 chambers, Wu-Tang record, right? That's the one that uh, had all the um, like Scarface clips, mm-hmm. like sound clips and stuff like that. Now Scarface is the, the most hip-hop thing ever, you know? Because yeah. no, one no one saw the, the ending. ending. <laughs> no, one, yeah. no, one, no one can sit through Act 3. <laughs> Whose joke is that? I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Um, it was it was more of like this weird. I've, I've cash ruled everything around them. Cash ruled everything around the Crete. But but, um, but I've <laughs> but I've heard uh, I've heard interviews with them where they're like, yeah, I mean, it was just like an art piece. It had all this like kung fu stuff, and I, I mean, we were just trying to make a weird record. And everyone, they were so influential. Everyone took it really seriously, and it was kind of the birth of like gangster rap when it was all or, bullshit. It was like the songs were about like how many guns you have and like hanging with all your. Hose and, and they were kind of doing it as like a performance piece. You're saying it was like tongue in cheek. It wasn't true for them. They were just doing it as like a. It was just like posture. Gangster yeah. rap yeah. wasn't a thing. That that didn't exist. Well, this is like pre um, Dre and Snoop. Like the ninety. This is pre like ninety three. That's what I think of as like the heyday of gangster rap. Yeah, I don't think. When, you, I see. That's the thing. I'm. You I, think I'm being I accurate here? Your timeline a little bit because that had to be like ninety five, ninety six, and I can think of a bunch of you know. Hmm. Of the more financially braggadocious things, I mean, hmm. Biggie was talking about that kind of stuff, you know. Now and he was already dead, but he died. In yeah, now, now he like, sips champagne because yeah. he thirsty, you know. So hmm. uh, that, yeah, I, I don't. Know. I, I suppose I, I could be wrong about the birth of gangster rap, but I think uh, pre that. Uh, Hip hop wasn't. What are the chances that three American white comedians and a British white comedian could be wrong about the birth of gangster rap? This could not be farther out of our wheelhouse. Uh, November 9th, nineteen ninety-three. That was uh, Enter the Wu Tang thirty six. Oh, okay. okay, all right, all right. Contemporaneous yeah. with um, the Chronic ninety style, the chronic. Doggy Style ninety-three. Um, yeah. Obviously, you have Bring to Ruckus. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and various other titles. Like I'm not allowed to say. So, <laughs> hard R or no? Richard would say them if he were here. Yeah, right, right, and we'd get emails. Um, so okay. we have some people to thank. Yes, yes. Uh, Caroline Laco, who we've been mispronouncing as Carolyn Laco, could not have been more wrong on both fronts. Uh, has a monthly donation. Thank you so much for that. As does Matthew Arnold. And by the way, um, if I shouldn't even phrase it as a conditional, we would like you to donate if you enjoy the show. Yeah, go for it. You, yeah. can, you can go to our website, probablyscience.com, and click on donate, well, and that helps well, us cover well, our you? costs. You know, so, give, it, give it a go. And if, if you do that, we uh, always give you a thanks on air and even by email. We so can't, if you like to get emails. It's illegal for us to resell this insane amount of Lagunitas. <laughs> yeah. like, it's illegal. It's, it's from a private vendor. We can't do that. Can't pay the bills with the so. bill. <laughs> 
Um, by the way, uh, Caroline also wrote that she and her husband are um, Vomit Comet Kickstarter fans. If we end up doing that Kickstarter to raise money to oh, record you Zero gonna... Gravity. Oh, that's the, amazing. So she, the husband we... did point out, like, they just want to go on for free, right? And, of course and we yes, that is actually yes. the case. That is, that is definitely that is, a thing that we want to do. Right, you've seen right through the ruse. <laughs> yeah, it, it will not be <laughs> very educational. How much is it? How much scratch? We haven't actually launched a Kickstarter for it. We're just putting out three. Like right. A couple grand Has anyone got a couple grand for... It was doable. Like, it raised 5000 we could probably do it, yeah. It's definitely doable. Uh, uh, we also want to thank Espen uh, Hansen Amdahl from Norway. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be our first Norwegian donor. I could be wrong about that, but thank you very much, Espen. Thank you so, so much. We had, uh, maybe we already thanked these people, but Robin Bell, Robin Bell, Eric Bowles, and Amber Jennings. Thank you guys for that. You guys are great. Heather McCann, regular listener uh, Heather McCann. Shooting, us, uh, shooting something our way, and we really appreciate Heather it. Heather says, thank you for all your hard work. It's just a tiny bit to put in the beer fund. We don't need beer, Heather. We have plenty of... <laughs> and now now we can far only legally use much, that money for beer. Far too much beer. That now that ex- it's been declared. Yeah, yeah that's You wrote on the check in, what, in the margin of what it's for, beer, and then now we're... I'm not saying we're not tied. grateful, Heather. We're very grateful, but fuck you for trying to get us drunk. That's not cool. <laughs> uh, that is unfair. Ben Whitchurch, uh, thank you so much. Thank you. And you know what's weird? We we have had people comment on the fact that the episode where Andy did accidentally get drunk was very very good. It, uh, <laughs> people really enjoyed the drunk Andy. I've did always I say some off color stuff, or was I just looser? What was the? We talked about like uh, vaginal transfusions, oh, and you're like, right. that can't take a pounding, you know? And it, <laughs> yeah, it got a little right. weird. I forgot about but, that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was artificial. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just looked too thin to be a viable vagina. I was like, there's no way this could work. <laughs> viable, <laughs> viable vagina. Yeah. And what? How many months in does the vagina become <laughs> viable? That's the question. That's really the conundrum uh, that I think it becomes a vagina right at the yeah, moment. I'll absolutely tell you, the answer is 18 times 12, whatever that is. <laughs> yes. That's how many months in the vagina becomes viable. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> whatever that exactly. math is. Yeah. Wait, isn't it uh, 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 18.75 times 12? Oh, is that what in what state? Kind in the nine months in utero. Unless oh, you're going to go, oh, yeah, unless point. you can go seventeen months. When it actually months. starts, probably it's got to be maybe okay. five months before one of those starts. To, yeah, this yeah. is off the rails. Yeah, I guess you guys okay. aren't into preemies. <laughs> what I'm weird. Yeah. Um, thank you, Robert Howley. Um, he says he's a bit behind on a science guest donation. He was too busy donating to the Freedom from Religion Foundation um, in response to the Supreme Court. Um, well, you know, yeah. yeah, go for it. Yeah, fuck you, Hobby Lobby. Uh, mm-hmm. We're Thank you, Robert. The for Hobby donating. Lobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby Lobby. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate. We really appreciate you donated eventually. But yeah, fuck those guys. Fuck those guys in a way they wouldn't like. Yeah, in a way they would uh, not you know, enjoyable. Which is almost any way that involves way, equality but, yeah. or mm-hmm. general human decency. Yeah. Uh, we also had Nelson Sommerfeld from Michigan. He had Go a bit blue. of a question for me. Um, he's, he noticed I'm wearing an Ufda shirt. In some photos on the website, um, he goes, you know, where did I get it? Because the phrase he thought was only or mostly existed in the native uh, Upper Peninsula of Michigan, the UP. Um, I got it in a town called Polsbo, Washington, which is a Norwegian town, uh, Norwegian immigrant, uh, immigrant town, which is located on the peninsula of uh, Washington. Big on peninsulas, the Ufda phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, Gotta be surrounded by water, water on three like sides. land of because uh, Minnesota has tons of Scandinavians and Uftas big yeah, there. So. Lots of uh, Swedish Norwegian stuff. So I got, I got myself a, an Ufta shirt. I've always loved the phrase. Um, so yeah, we really want to thank you guys. And um, obviously, anyone we didn't get to, we'll of course get to you next week. Uh, yeah, and a big thank you to Jenny Wright as well. Oh, that's right, Jenny White, um, Jen White, who is a listener who uh, just. Voluntarily gave us an hour or so of her time to chat with us about um, about basically getting our finances in order. 
She works for charities normally, but she likes podcasts a lot, and she was like, you guys might want a little bit of a hand sorting out how you do money things. And she's absolutely right. So she's talked us through some things. When there might be some changes to how we, we go about our, the business side of the Probably Science When someone that campaign. works for charity gives us pro bono advice, it's like our <laughs> lives are pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> like, how, <laughs> how pathetic are we? They're like, oh, okay, okay. all right. Uh, all right the only way I can blow off steam is by helping people who <laughs> really, really need Even it. by my standards, yeah, you're a charity you case. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> You guys are, uh, <laughs> But thank you. Thank you very much, Jen. Thank you so much. That was very, very cool of you. And yeah, we're going to try and sort some things out and change some things and maybe do some stuff that makes it more do, do appealing for Do some fun stuff? Yeah. And- but we're not, but in no way uh, is anything changing as far as, you know, what we're doing here. So Yeah, we'll still be the normal yeah. shambles that we are. Uh, normal shambles, normal, uh, you get your little weekly uh, weekly science yeah, podcast. Maybe, but maybe working a little bit harder to get the message long. out about things that you guys can get. And mm-hmm. I think we're bad at plugging the Amazon link. Yeah, and we if want you guys who, to have stuff. You want a t-shirt? We want to get you some t-shirts. Yeah, gonna, you know. and anytime you do buy stuff from Amazon, uh, go through probablyscience.com, click on the link there, and it just gives us a little kickback, a little commission. It costs you no extra. And the donate button is there as well, which helps us run the show. So we very much appreciate it when you guys donate. And also, of course, we are sponsored as always by Squarespace. And there's no better way to set up your own website easily and have it look professional. So if you go to squarespace.com and use the offer code PROBABLYSCIENCE, you get a free trial, 10% off your first purchase. Um, and I was she thinking really, about this. Like, she really lit a fire have for you so guys. so many. Huh? You know, we'll get this out of the way, then we'll get to the rest <laughs> of the show. But um, I'm sure there are a lot of you who actually are very capable of building your own site. We have a very intelligent listening base. But... Um, Maybe you have someone in your family who is not as tech savvy. I'm serious. It's so simple to do. Uh, so whether or not it's for you or someone else who you know needs a site and is uh, is intimidated by the process of setting one up, all you have to do is go to squarespace.com and uh, choose from any one of their beautiful templates. Everything is just there for you. It's drag and drop. It works right out of the gates. So you can get something set up hey, in minutes. Hey, hey, uh, Grandson? <laughs> Grandson? Yes? Eh. I know you're a professional web designer. I want to sell my bead work. I want to sell my bead, my beads, because I've been having to eat cat food. Will you build me a grandson? Can you build yes. me a website? You know what, Grandma? You can, you can get off your lazy ass and do it yourself in 15 minutes. But, but you're my grandson, <laughs> and my legs are broken, and I just have my beads. Grandma, enough's enough. I told you, get your own website set up through squarespace.com and use offer code probably science. But all right, yeah. This one. Uh, <laughs> Let's get into some stories. We Let's have do got it. a huge number of stories that various listeners have sent in. Uh, we always love it when you guys send in uh, um, stories, things for us to cover, comments, uh, probably science uh, at gmail.com. And I don't know. I, I quite like, if I can find it, there's a little story. A few weeks ago, we had a primatologist on. Christopher Schmidt, Christopher Schmidt, who has found his way off to Berkeley. He enjoyed. He very much enjoyed the uh, "Thanks for being a guest" gift we got him. Which did I even talk to you guys about that? Uh, yes, that's right. I forgot that Jesse. This was Jesse's baby. This 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 guest. Um, not that we weren't all very appreciative of having him <laughs> on, but Jesse, I didn't even realize you had this obsession with this kinship with apes. Um, I've that always loved, yeah. always, always loved apes. And you sought out Dr. Schmidt. Sought out Dr. Schmidt. So we got Dr. Schmidt a, um, we got Dr. Schmidt a stuffed animal. It is a lion, which is wearing a scarf on which is embossed "Stay in the fucking truck." <laughs> so uh, he was, he was very grateful, and um, he was very grateful, and uh, had us in touch with all kinds of really cool scientists we're going to be having on soon. But he made it to Berkeley okay. 
Um, Excellent. So yes, primatology. In, in response to that episode, uh, listener Dan Wilson, who's actually a buddy of mine who swam with me in college, um, wrote in that for the first time, chimpanzees are making a fashion statement by sticking blades of grass in their ears. This might be the first time that we witnessed a non-human fad that exists for no purpose besides the kind of reasons that human fads exist. It just kind of became a thing that the chimps like to do. Um, so yeah, this, this, tr- this trend is taking a specific group of chimpanzees by storm, a blade of grass dangling from an ear. The grass-in-ear behavior, as scientists have termed it <laughs> so creatively, seems to be one of the first time that chimpanzees have created a tradition with no discernible purpose, a primate fashion statement, in other words. Um, there's no doubt that chimps have culture, as different chimp groups will use unique tools to groom, to crack open nuts, to fish for termites. But according to a study in the journal Animal Cognition, chimpanzee culture now includes something that seems altogether arbitrary, ear accoutrement. So yeah, this serves no obvious evolutionary need, no survival need. It's not need. even to obviously to attract a mate or something like that. They're to, you know, it doesn't it's not a form of peacocking in some way. Or uh, Lydia Luntz, a primatologist at the Max Planck Institute in Leipzig, Leipzig, Germany, who was not involved in the research, um, agrees that there's uh, there's there's no um, genetic or ecological factor that would account for this behavior. Only culture itself. Um, the study shows that chimpanzees who learned to put grass in their ears did so through the natural transmission of new behavior. The cultural quirk first popped up in 2010 when a chimpanzee named Julie was spotted, spotted, spotted sporting a long-stemmed piece of grass. Julie acted as a role model for the other 11 chimpanzees in her group. And as Van Leeuwen points out, um, Edwin Van Leeuwen, a primate expert at Max Planck Institute as well, um, everyone can wear rings in their ears, but you just have to come to the idea to do it. And the seven other chimps who adopted the grass in ear tradition and who would continue it after Julie's death repeatedly inspected her behavior before trying it themselves. Just what this looks mm. like. But I think it's also worth pointing out that they had this particular group. Not only are they doing this sort of jewelry, what's been described as primate jewelry, but also something else that I don't think would necessarily be necessary in their culture is they've given them they've given her the name Julie. <laughs> Right, which is I know. It's a very how is that not name. the bigger story? Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, the bigger, the bigger how do they independently? And these these chimps have never encountered humans before, and now, have come to a very well, human name by the, accident. The fact that Julie's dad had a cash grasser ass, no one rides for free poster, <laughs> which I think is how this all developed. Glow in the dark uh, is obviously she, she hung it out of her ear. Cash grass. I thought it was. Wait, wait what is it? Ass, ass, ass grass, gas or pass ass, gas grass. Ass gas, or grass. ass gas. Okay, I guess cash and gas are sort of synonymous. Like gas oh, money. Okay, would be the, ass okay. gas, ass yeah. gas or grass. grass is what I was. No thinking. one rides for free. But cash. If you can read this, the bitch fell off. Right. Um, <laughs> but in actual, in actual science point, I'd love. <laughs> I would argue, and I'm not a sociologist, but that something's. I don't know if you can qualify something as a fad. Until so, Julie the the chimp started doing it. Other chimps caught on. Mm-hmm. I would say that it's a fad once she and the other original chimps stopped doing it because they've noticed too many other chimps. Yeah. <laughs> the first the first right. chimpanzee like, to really big. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, played but out to call something a fad. There has to be, I think, a cyclical. It's not just an emulative behavior. There's like a no, we're done with this now because it's caught on yeah, too that's much. That's so seventies. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think the interesting thing about this this uh, discovery, I suppose we could call it, is that. They're doing this on their own accord because, I, yeah. as I know, primates uh, certainly get very self-conscious about their looks. Like, like um, anthropologists and, and primatologists have done things before to study their behavior, where um, it was pretty interesting. Where they've gone into uh, like troops or, or you know uh, chimp troops or something like that, and what they'll do is um, they'll they'll dip their 
dip their fingers in some red paint and put just a red dot on their foreheads. This sounds like I'm going into a joke. I'm not. Okay. They'll put a they'll put a red dot in their foreheads and then literally just put a prop a mirror against a tree. And they'll do it on some chimps, but not the others. And in the morning, it's a huge kerfuffle. Like, they're, they're looking in the mirror, figuring out who, like, wh- it's like the Starbelly Sneetches. Like, right, why do I right. have this? And then they start assigning value. Like, in some cases, the people with it are more superior. In some cases, not. Wow. Um, right. Because, obviously, they, they've been chosen for something in some way. But then trying to emulate yeah. it on their own. Right. Once it oh, washes yeah. off. And, like, they, oh. and they, can really affect, they can really affect a whole troop that way. Yeah. Um, so the interesting thing here is that no one snuck in and showed them this. It sounds like they were just like, yeah, I'm into it. Earrings. spontaneously did it. Um, yeah, it just, just so that our listeners know what this looks like, we'll obviously, as always, post a link to the story on the website. But it's like a long blade of grass or like, like a straw-like blade of grass, probably about six inches long. And just sticking out of their ear, like it's sort of yeah. tuck, the ends tucked like into their ear, so it just dangles out. It's clearly not an accident that caught on. Like oh, he was rolling around, and then it got stuck in fur, and then whatever. It's like intentionally inserted yeah, into they, the ear. They even said the chimps would pick up a piece of grass, sometimes fiddle around with it as to make sure the piece was to their liking, and not until then try and stick it in their ear with one hand. And most of the time, they left the grass hanging out of their ear during subsequent behavior, like grooming and playing, sometimes for quite prolonged times. So chimps are basically just constantly. Playing outfield and board. <laughs> oh my god! Like, just chasing butterflies. And- yeah, I was listening to um, Pete Holmes' podcast. You made it weird, and he and Hampton Yunt were talking about uh, how every comedian, like they both played outfield and just would sit, and yeah, pick grass. And uh, every other comedian they know had the same experience, but they've talked about it on stage and gotten like no response. Like maybe this. Everyone is, else like, played infield. Yeah, or even you played outfield, but you were paying attention. But I was just like, "This is just killing time. This is just me like staring at the no sky." No one hit it that sitting far. Sitting down, picking out blades of grass, and and if a ball ever came close to me, I would have a panic attack. Oh, yeah, yeah, out there. I didn't want to. I didn't, I mean, my, see, I had a similar experience when we had to play cricket at our yeah, school. My dad like, but made also me I knew baseball. But I had the, here's the dilemma uh, that me as a not particularly sporting human had, and that is. If you pick a fielding position that's way out, you've got far less chance that you'll have to do anything. Mm-hmm. But if the ball does come to you, then you have an incredibly humiliating task of trying oh, to get yeah. it all the way back. The only time I came close to making a catch was when it was probably the shortstop's ball to catch. I was playing left field and I ran in. He ran out. We were both looking up and our heads collided and his teeth hit me in the forehead and required like 10 stitches and I still have a scar from it. And wow. neither and that's your most ball. successful catch story. That was the story. closest to catching. That's that was your, the most effort I put in to attempting yeah. a catch. You didn't catch the ball, but you did catch tetanus, which yeah. is... No, actually, it got infected, which is why the scar is still visible today. It took a long time to heal. <laughs> wow. I, I, I can't see a forehead scar. I can't notice can't a forehead scar. scar right there. Maybe it wasn't 10 stitches. That'd be ridiculous. It was something significant wow. at the time. Wow! No, I, I, I was hated. Pretty, I was not a sporting child. You're pretty sporty. I was pretty sporty. Well, you're you're a still sporty. Now. You're very yeah. sporty. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, which is the thing. It's interesting. Like comedians always talk about that. Is there a you know a link between like I was the person who stood around in the outfield and whatever? And I always feel like comedians are like, I fell into this job because this is the only thing I could do. And like I have no other skills or quality and i'm always like there's a lot of other things i could do i'd probably be good at a lot of jobs <laughs> why did i pick this one that's an even worse like i wasn't <laughs> forced into it the like, free beer yeah. tj mm-hmm. what would you do if you weren't we did talk about this i'm sure when you were on the last time but uh what did you study in high school or college what did you study film well humanities and film studies so i wanted like i thought it was, i wanted to be quentin tarantino 
until I realized that there's like an incredible attention to detail and work that goes into that. That I do. You should see. Well, some night we'll have a screening of my college short films. <laughs> and you just. <laughs> I didn't know you had them. I, I will got some we'll like set up the shot on sixteen millimeter. We're talking yes. thousands of dollars worth of film. Oh god! And it couldn't be more clear that I was like, "You guys just want to do two takes and then go get some pizza, or what? What are we gonna do? Let's, <laughs> let's get out of here." Yeah, it's uh, it really shines through in the work, I'll say. <laughs> Jesse was talking about this earlier, I think, about how mad the people who, who funded American Movie... Was it you talking about this or no, not? No, I don't think so. I was talking with someone about, imagine if you were somebody who got um, harangued I was, by I, a I said that, Was it you? Yeah, okay. and harangued to put up money for American Movie. And now and five, 10, years, five later, years later, it was like that, yeah. Everything is so cheap, yeah. everything's digital, there's no cost at all yeah, to right. shoot it, it once made you have the COVID camera. for literally $200. COVID, I forgot it's how yeah. I pronounced it. It's not like an oven, it's a cold. Coven, a coven. Wow, it's a classic. It's, it's a, a classic American movie. Go see that. Wow. Uh, in fact, if you want to go buy a copy of, of American movie, you can do it by clicking on our Amazon affiliate link on probablyscience.com. Um, there's a, there's one more um, animal human behavior story that it's from a few weeks ago. I had this stored b- just before we left. We didn't have time to cover it in the last probably science before I went back to the UK. Uh, but I've wanted to. Is that where you were? Yeah, that's where I was. <laughs> oh wow. And the Netherlands. Rub it which in. Is kind of Holland. Yeah. <laughs> so, kind of... I, I couldn't not tell this story. I couldn't not cover this. I think it very much fits our remit. And mm. that yes. is yes. the first descriptive report of fellatio in bears. Uh, descriptive? How descriptive mm. is the report? Because yeah, I, I always thought bears were the dominant one. See, <laughs> I would, I would slightly. Come on, people! Yes, it was right there for the taking. Yeah, it was right there. Yeah. It was I right would there. slightly amend this as well, just because that I... went below people's heads. That's how low. <laughs> that's how low that fruit was. <laughs> that fruit clotheslined people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that fruit somehow it was a root vegetable. <laughs> it was like rhubarb. Technically, you can put it in a dessert, but it's not really a fruit. Yeah, did I say rhubarb? What is rhubarb? So via Discovery News, scientists. It, again, this is this. Sh- this should be amended to say this is the first scientific description of an observation of fellatio and bears. Because sure. I'm sure descriptions of fellatio and bears have been done many times by bored students with ideas. Yes, <laughs> but no, bear fellatio obviously is a yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just need to see some of the cartoons I've drawn. Yeah, no, any any sort of uh, <laughs> obviously any sort of metamorphosis fan fiction is going to involve mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So what, what's but the story here? Scientists have observed a pair of male brown bears in captivity in Croatia that regularly engaged in oral sex for over several years. For over several years. That is bad writing. F- for yeah. more than yeah. an arbitrary number of... <laughs> yeah. Significant number of years. I think they years. just mean over several years. I don't think oh, he meant more a than... Period, a period of several a period, years. Yeah, I'm going to okay. stop you right there. That is bad reading on my part. That is exactly <laughs> what it says. <laughs> I put in an extra four. So there we go. Yeah. Over several years rather than four. Over several. Yeah, I'm an idiot. So the two unrelated male bears in the study. I love that they put in unrelated. Whoa. The two unrelated male bears in the study were orphaned soon after they were born in 2003 and put in captivity at a sanctuary in Croatia over the course of six years and 116 hours of observation time. Probably too much, but... Scientists led by um, Agnieszka Sergiel of the Polish Academy of Sciences Department of Wildlife Conservation witnessed 28 acts of fellatio between the two male bears. This does start to read a bit like a police report from the south. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 28! <laughs> yeah, sodomy report. <laughs> right. 
Um, I just like to think that there's uh, just one super bored janitor at this bear reserve that just keeps putting honey on their penises. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, hey, hey, you guys, you guys. <laughs> They're sleeping. Why are there 28 empty jars of honey in this trash? Yeah, put, some, yeah. put some honey on his dick. Yeah. It'll be funny. It'll be funny. Um, scientists are going to think they're blowing each other. Come on. This is interesting, and this does go to your earlier point. The larger bear was always the one to receive fellatio. He's known ah. as the bear bear. Yeah. yeah. In many incidents, he appeared to reach orgasm from the sex act, which lasted for just a few minutes. The orgasm? Uh, did? No, the, the sex the act. Sex act. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's... They're, they're on a trigger. They're on a hair trigger of yeah. bears in captivity. As evidenced by muscular contractions and, well, fluids on the muzzle of the provider. Good for them. Good this for those article bears. actually included the word well in there. That wasn't your little addendum. That wasn't. That was that was their fluid on flare. the muzzle of the... So, let me, let's... Uh, <clears throat> now, a carnivorous uh, fellatio seems rather dangerous. Uh, it does. It, especially because at the end, <laughs> when the deed was done, he often pushed the provider off with his hind legs or turned away. There's no cuddle time. There was, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So this was never uh, reciprocal. Uh, I think they, what did they say? Mostly well, the says, larger? It says all the cases appear to be initiated by the provider who approached the receiver while he was resting on his side or with parts of his abdomen exposed. If the receiver's genitals were not exposed, the provider would push his head into the pelvic region or use his paws to separate the hind legs. After accessing an initial licking of the penis, the provider would find a more comfortable position, such as sitting or lying. Um, once actual is... sucking started, neither okay. bear changed the position. The receiver would turn down Sports Center. No, it's like. God, yeah. and bears hibernate. Can you imagine the sleep after one of those they go into, <laughs> huh? Come on, people. Uh, men are men, are men huh? <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 um, it does say also in the, in the Discovery article, they don't know why why only one of the bears would perform fellatio or why it's persisted for so long they acknowledge that the behavior could simply be a weird consequence of life and captivity of course mm. in Croatia no less well, so they, they yeah, are... got traded for a pack of smokes this bear <laughs> this is this, he doesn't want to be doing this he's he's get, being offered protection you know <laughs> I don't know because he seems fairly it seems like the the giver like is the one who's to. going in there yeah he wants to wants to get in there huh but there we go there we, it's so human that I don't even want to uh, go any further with it. <laughs> sure, there's just too many analogies. I just think that uh, no, it's 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 very interesting. It's pro- this, this probably is probably a passing fad, right? <laughs> right. Be. Yeah. I mean, no activity like this is very common, and I mean, this is how Pooh Bear got his name. Of course, the infamous anal sex bears of uh, oh, okay. Winnipeg. Yes. No, I don't know. <laughs> no, Winnipeg. That was the best. <laughs> That's where Winnie the Pooh got his name. Oh, is it really? It's Winnipeg. That was oh. his name. No, really. Yeah. That's, but isn't there an A? No, it is. It's W I N N I E. Winnie the Bear. Yeah. No, his no name was idea. Winnipeg. Christopher Robin's a real kid. Right. A. A. Milne has a son named. Yeah. That. And. Milne Milne. Like I said. They were, no. They'd go to the zoo. There was a. Uh, this is after, it was, I think, World War One. There was a Canadian guy that was in the RAF, came back over, was making his way back home, found an orphan bear, don't, got home to Winnipeg, put the bear in the Winnipeg Zoo. Um, okay. Chris, he's Chris, not wrong. Christopher Robin could only say Winnie, pronounced it Winnie, and there you go. Fascinating. I had no idea. And the that, stories were written. And thus they and, were. Written. And, and, they were. But the stories were for yeah. Christopher Robin. That's what right, where the right. you know. 
So, Matt's, uh, Matt seems enthralled by something. No, no, this is... That, that, the only thing that was wrong about that is it wasn't Christopher Robin who named it Winnie as a contraction of Winnipeg. That's what the bear was called in the zoo. It was named oh, okay. Winnie after Winnipeg. Okay. But then Christopher... Is it, now, was it the Winnipeg Pooh Zoo? Is it because they found it in Winnipeg? And it was another zoo. It in Winnipeg, like, yeah. And then it was like Victoria Zoo. It's it Canadian. Was, it was purchased from a hunter for $20 by Canadian Lieutenant Harry Colburn in White River, Ontario, okay. while en route to England during the First World War. He named the bear Winnie after his adopted hometown of Winnipeg. Okay. So the guy who bought it was from Winnipeg. And then, so he called it Winnie. But the bear wound up in England? The bear wa- wound up, yes, at London Zoo. Okay, there you go. And the poo comes from a swan called Pooh. I don't know how that explains anything. Well, uh, I thought all those characters were named after like London Zoo stuff. Yeah, there's a I lot guess, of okay, maybe no. There's, there's a, a lot of stuff that, in the zoo called poo. There's a lot. There's something that's very much left unanswered there. So Christopher Milne, who's a Milne's son, uh, who is the basis for Christopher Robin, named his toy bear after Winnie, a Canadian black bear he often saw at London Zoo, and Pooh, a swan they had met while on holiday. <laughs> They had, they had, well, he was staying in the next room. You know, you know what it's like. Where you're, sometimes you're, on you're down the steam baths. You and befriend you, a family, uh-huh. and you always promise to write, and you stay in contact. Uh-huh. And you, you never really do, but occasionally you'll name a character in your short stories about them. And speaking of which, the, I, I, oh, sorry, no, I was just going to say the worst is when you see that swan again. You're like, pleased to meet you. Like, we already met. Uh-huh. You mean good uh-huh. to see you? We've already met many times. I'm Pooh swans swan. are dickish. Yeah. Wow, I. Uh, I uh, that that reminds me. Speaking of going off to the World War One, there um, is that uh, TJ. You were absolutely, and this is a private conversation. TJ had great world. Is this okay? TJ sorry. had great World Cup tweets. I'm saying I'm, I'm oh, about I, to, I, I watched the hell oh, of the World yes. Cup. I'm, I'm about to tweet. reference you, a you private like, conversation. You like football slash soccer, yeah. even when World Cups not happening. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You're really into it. So you had a great, uh, great tweet that I loved about the uh, the Marginal line. Which I brought up as World War One, and you said it was post World War One. Yeah, and you were totally correct. All right, because um, I made a Schlieffen plan joke. Yeah, um, w- but that was World War One. But there were already bunkers there. That's what I found out. They just renamed it the Marginal Line. Uh, what are we oh, discussing right now? The, I'm sorry. So, in 1870, uh, Germany and France had a war, which they never really acknowledged was over. Same as like the Korean War. But okay. the rest of the world's like, it's over. And that's kind of what World War I was, was they were both like, we want to beat the shit out of each other again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but in response to the 1870 war, a bunch of fortifications had been built between the Germany-France border. Okay. Right? So when Germany wanted to invade France, they had to go through Belgium, which was neutral, and had a bunch of allies, and then that suddenly yeah, the whole world's it's, involved. It's known as a, a huge, the, the, and I think it's Maginot. Uh, Maginot, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, euphemism for a massive blunder, because from the, oh, okay. the mid-30s on, France, sensing Germany building aggression, built the most expensive and, and technologically amazing series of fortifications along the French-German border, to, to knowing that, hey, if they ever attack, then we're set, sort of neglecting the fact that Germany might just go through Belgium again and, and end around them again, as had happened uh, before. So right. it's a hugely expensive plan that diverted resources from the rest of the French military uh, that ended up just being end-arounded and not... I'm just picturing that Big Lebowski scene when he's nailing the stuff to the floor to prop up the chair against the door, yeah, and the door yes. opens out. That is <laughs> exactly what happened. Uh, yeah, so on a future probably history, you know, if if and you guys have yeah, me, we can year, we'll discuss year anniversary it in great detail. Of, uh, of World War, the official start date of World War Yeah, that was I just guess. the other day, the Franz Ferdinand thing. Well, right? the Franz Ferdinand thing's not the official start date, though. That was like the catalyst. Oh, right, right, right. The official start date, I think the first aggression was August 2nd. Oh, that was uh, M1, was day one of mobilization. Oh, yeah. Because mm. all the wars have like a weird, yeah. like from their start. So it's like, 
it would be like D-Day plus four. Right. Or something would be like the... Yeah. How you would date it. The calendar of that thing. And then Day-Day just means Day... D-Day just stands for Day-Day, right? Isn't that some piece of trivia I've heard? Like the D just stands yeah, for Day. Yeah, because it was Operation so. Overlord. Yeah. So it's not... It, it, it was nothing but D-Day. D-Day. But the D in D-Day yeah. stands for Day, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Doesn't it? So yeah. it's like TCBY yogurt. Right, exactly. Kind of like that. ATM like machine. Test. Yeah. Hey, you know what's even further inside the earth than bunkers and fortifications? What what's is that, that, Matthew? An ocean. What? What? I thought, surely you were going to say molten magma, yeah. but apparently you brought up an, an ocean. Some sort, an ocean. Of, some sort of ocean. No. no. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I said no. Yes. <laughs> Definitely yes. I'm trying to find who actually sent this. Eric uh, Boisvert, and I think someone else did as well. But thank you, listener Eric. Uh, this is a new scientist article about a massive ocean discovered towards Earth's core. A reservoir of water three times the volume of all the oceans what has been discovered deep beneath the earth's surface the finding could help explain where earth's seas came from although i'm not sure really how that works because then how where did that come from anyway um it feels like uh well if there's infinite some, series of turtles but it, right but if there's some internal mechanism happening that's squeezing two hydrogen molecules and one oxygen molecule molecule together in the middle of the earth yeah ah uh, who knows so the water is hidden inside a blue rock called wing ringwoodite that lies 700 kilometers underground in the mantle, which is the layer of hot rock between Earth's surface and its core, the huge size of the reservoir throws new light on the origins of Earth's water. Some geologists think water arrived in comets as they struck the planet, but the new discovery supports an alternative idea that the oceans gradually oozed out of the interior of the early Earth. It's good evidence that Earth's water came from within, says Stephen Jacobson of Northwestern University in Illinois. Their hidden water could also act as a buffer for the oceans on the surface, explaining why they've saved, stayed the same size for millions of years. Ah. If you're the guy who's been waving the flag for the theory that Earth's water actually seeped from within, and all of a sudden someone picks up the phone and says, listen, we found a reservoir of water that's three times larger than all the volume on the Earth. How good of a day is that for you? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I was new. smug about it. I yeah. knew there would be something that was more than... The entire volume of all the oceans combined. I was significantly sure. I'm so. I'm sure you're unloading your many firearms into the air in celebration <laughs> because, you know, these people, science types, usually have a very large arsenal at so the ready for celebrations. Jacobs' team used 2,000 seismometers to study the seismic waves generated by more than 500 earthquakes. Jeez. These waves move throughout Earth's interior, including the core. And I only have like 1,100 of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah you yeah. just, I mean, like, they're scientists, though. They're professionals. They're, yeah. they're going to have... They, you're just going to have to accept that they're going to have more seismometers than you. Uh, Lagunitas still does not make seismometers, no. but if, if, if and when they do. Someday. No, this collection's going to... Yeah, if any of you guys, if, if any of our listeners are seismometer makers and they want to give us some free seismometers for us to drink, then... Yeah. <laughs> send them over. Send them over. By I like my this, extra hoppy if you yeah. guys have some. By measuring the speed of the waves at different depths, the team could figure out which types of rocks the waves were passing through. The water layer revealed itself because the waves slowed down as it takes them longer to get through soggy rock than dry rock. Uh, Jacobson worked out in advance what would happen to the waves if water containing ringwoodite was present. He grew ringwoodite in his lab and exposed samples of it to massive pressures and temperatures, matching those at 700 kilometers down. And sure enough, they found signs of wet ringwoodite in the transition zone 700 kilometers down, which divides the upper and lower regions of the mantle. 
At that depth, the pressure and temperatures are just right to squeeze the water out of the ringwoodite. It's rock with water along the boundaries between the grains, almost as if they're sweating, said Jacobson. Isn't it crazy, though, that How you can is- figure out specifically that it's, ringwood, it's water-soaked ringwoodite based on the response to, the, to these the pressure the waves. The way the waves slows down, yeah. It seems to me like all that would imply is you found something of the exact same what? density and property as is that, but couldn't it be some other compound well, that just is the same? further evidence that okay. helps. Okay. So his study supports a recent, finding supports a recent study by Graham Pearson of the University of Alberta Love in Edmonton. Love his shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pearson studied a diamond from the transition zone that had been carried to the surface in a volcano and found that it can, which by the way, that's, that's the only be thing the to propose. Diamond, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone else, you're so, yeah. Oh, you wow. just you didn't get it. Came a from mine. Didn't come from a volcano. From thousands of wow. Uh, from hundreds of kilometers below the surface. It, wait, uh, isn't that how they all come though? In a weird way. Through a volcano. No, I'm, no. I mean, I know they come from oh, South Africa, oh. but I mean, like, where? But, no, I mean, how they get there. No, the I pressure. Think they, they, um, I think they yeah, also the pressure causes them, but they normally get them from the mines, surface. and I don't think they get they were carried up in volcanoes. But they get carried up somehow because the mine pressure, the pressure down there is not. But enough, I mean, we're right? talking about like you're standing at the lip of the volcano with a butterfly net, hoping that one of them flies <laughs> through pops the air. Out. No, I yeah. know that's not how it works, but what I'm saying no, it is, is how it works. I'm saying it's the coolest diamond. It's the. Do you want to catch the it in the air as melt? Jesse, no, no. I, d- you get, I don't know whether I think the pressures down net. there might be enough over. I think that if you can stick a lump of coal up Cameron's ass and in six weeks have a diamond, <laughs> then a mine is enough pressure. Hmm. Not That's yeah. A good call. All right, Abe Froman's yeah. Yeah. Chicago. Yeah. No, it's a good call. Um, so this diamond from the volcano, they found it contained water-bearing ringwoodite, which is the first strong evidence there was lots of water in the transition zone. And since that report, they found another ringwoodite crystal also containing water. So the evidence is now very strong. Hmm. He now, so far, he only has evidence that the watery rock sits beneath the U.S. Now he wants to find out if it wraps around the entire planet. USA, killing <laughs> it, guys. All the water. We all already have it. All of it. All of it. But he he also says we should be grateful for this deep reservoir. If it wasn't there, it would be on the surface of the Earth, and mountaintops would be the only land poking out. Ooh. How thick is the Earth's crust? We're talking, uh, is it deep dish? What are we talking? <laughs> Chicago? What, what are we going to New here? York? It's obviously, it's deeper under Chicago, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> very, very thin in New York. Uh, but seriously, I'm looking it up. As uh, opposed, according yeah. to I imagine it is freakishly thin, but probably way too thin. Three miles to six miles thick. Again, three That's miles over thin. New York and six over Chicago. Of course. And it's composed primarily of basalt, diabase, and gabbro, which sounds like a uh, Cartoon Network show. Uh, it's according to ScienceDaily.com. Three mi- I mean, is, isn't that t- terrifying a bit? That that's it's just so tiny. You know what's more terrifying? That that's is how close one of the, listeners, the molten magma is. Right, but also one. Of, I forgot if it was Eric or there were two listeners that sent in this story, and one of them accompanied the article with a um, picture. Yes, it was it was Eric Boisvert, um, and we'll put the link to this on our site. But there's a there's an a artist rendering of if you took all of the water on the surface of the earth and just made it into one sphere and put it back on top of the surface of the earth, it would be um let's see, it just basically covers about a third of the US in this little marble of water. If you look at this picture, wow. this includes the oceans? All the water this is all the water on the on on Earth. It it doesn't even cover the U.S. Right. If it's a sphere, and then this tiny dot next to it that's like the size of Western Tennessee. See that one? Mm-hmm. That's just the fresh water. The fresh water. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Terrifying. 
Yeah, that is terrifying. Not a lot of water. Again, this uh, will have a the link weird to of this. Him to do I'm the probably semen sphere, which <laughs> I thought I thought was unnecessary. But um, that one's like a just softball. enough to cover the San Fernando Over Valley, just really. <laughs> yeah, Vermont. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I I just I suppose I thought the crust was far thicker than that. I'm well, done making pizza jokes. One of those, but there's I, I crust and mantle, and I don't think that it, it's not magma. Oh no no, it's not it's like, like underneath three that miles. Is, to, is that's just, a roiling sea of magma. I think they're just yeah. different things that aren't categorized as the crust. This isn't like a water balloon situation or something. It's like underneath that there are other things that are solid. Like the mantle is, I think, pretty solid. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. No, it's just weird that like three miles, I mean, it's like, you you know, you run that distance all the time and you think like if you just ran that towards the Earth's core, it would be thousands of degrees? Like that, what? Um, what? No, I don't think as soon as you get in the mantle, you think it's thousands of degrees higher? How far before you're in the devils? Um, How far before you're in hell? Where oh is yeah, that? hell is in. It's hell, under hell, this ocean. Hell is in the under the ocean. Under this ocean now, outer core. The mantle is like purgatory, and then like the, the inner core, core is like. And there's the seven circle rings, circles. Exactly. That's uh, like um, money lenders, um, idolaters, um, uh, uh, people who who don't uh, put the seat down. You know. You know anything hilarious about that? The uh, whatever seven things of hell or. Like Dante, that guy Dante wrote that Dante's right. Inferno. Dante from uh, my season of Lost Comic Standing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dante. Um, Plug. Was he doing a Jack Nicholson impression the whole time, pulling back his already receding hairline? <laughs> right, right. Awesome. Um, I've seen so many bald comics still lift like the hand before him. You've already got the <laughs> hairline. Have to. Um, I do love that when just as just as a trope when yeah. someone initially nails an impression. And then everyone else who does impressions is doing yeah, that person's impression. version of it. George Bush won. Like Dana Carvey's impression sounded yeah, nothing like Bush, yeah. but it was just funny. Well, and everyone was doing well. His. A great impression just severely amplifies one trait, right? Right. That that you just turn that into a cartoon. But then everyone else is doing the same caricature, and like everyone else is, yeah, drawing that guy with big ears. Yeah, everyone does the same Bob Dylan. Everyone does the same. Yeah, you know, I'm quite sure I'm doing like a. Kevin Pollock slash Jay Moore, Chris Walken impression. You oh, know, right. Like exactly. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, Bob Dylan, no one's doing like Lay Lady Lay era Dylan when he did right. that weird Kermit the Frog voice for a couple <laughs> of albums. Lay Lady Lay. Lay across my big bass bed. <laughs> um, I, no, I did, I've always found it interesting that um, Dante's Inferno was a f- fictional, like supplemental material, but for some reason it's like worked its way into actual religious. Well, it ob- has? Obviously, the seven. Layers of hell. Obviously, oh, right. you think there are people who are devout. People talk about that in that churches. No. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. That's awesome. I don't you, know if it. Why it, not? I don't know if it struck you yet, Andy. That uh, sometimes not the most logical. <laughs> okay. Not the most logical. Uh, well. But it's like accepting new things into the canon. It'd be like if you just had some like X Men references in your in your sermon or something. Well, it's time to get some new things in the canon. I don't know. Uh, have you Have you guys read any uh, uh, like Brothers Grimm or anything like that? You ever oh, I took a German. I took a uh, fairy tales class. My freshman year, you had to take two writing seminars, no matter what your major was. And one of the ones I chose was fairy tales because I thought that'd be fun. And yeah, just trying to be super. Dark and German and grim. Oh, the grim fairy literally, tales. Literally are, grim and also grim with two the, M's. The grim fairy tales are real messed up. You, you ever read the, uh, the Princess and the Pea? Princess and the Pea type of fairy tale? Is that grim? I don't know. It's that not is. grim. Okay. It's not grim, but uh, it's a fairy tale. You know, you okay. read that. Princess and the Pea. I sense. Um, did you know that? Uh, did you guys, you guys know that there's a new. Uh, in, <laughs> if we track the frequency of your voice, would we be able to detect, even without hearing words, when a segue is happening? If I we think could so. Just see the pit- okay. I okay. think so. Um, anyway, yeah. It's a. Uh, 
Whew, it's hot out here. It's going to cool down later, yeah. though. It's going to cool <laughs> yeah. down later. I'm probably going to need the hot seat. I'm probably going to need, uh, when it cools down, I probably need some sort of cloak. I don't know if you a guys cloak? didn't know they're making an invisibility cloak. What's that, this, though? Um, an invisibility cloak that prevents items, uh, prevents objects from being felt, a la Princess and the Pea. Wow. Uh, that sounds a lot like the story that Dylan Weedlick, uh listener of the show, sent in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Weedlich? In, in the know. past years, invisibility cloaks were developed for various senses. Objects can be hidden from light, heat, or sound. Um, which they make one for smell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Living with these guys, animals. Um, however, the hiding of an object from being touched still remained to be accomplished. KIT scientists... What about just putting up a sign? Huh? Do not touch. Do not touch. Yeah. Uh, KIT scientists have now succeeded in creating a uh, volume in which an object can be hidden from touching similar to a pea under the mattress of a princess. The results were now presented well, in the journal. Isn't that just putting a bunch of other shit in the <laughs> way? <laughs> no, it's not really how it works. The yeah, well, I, it's weird that they keep drawing the princess of the pea analogy. I know, I know. Which also is the opposite <laughs> of what that story was. It? it was the point yeah. of that story that, that she could, could feel it. Could feel could. it, even they though really, it was They really have invisible. fucked up this uh, yeah. invisibility cloak. Which, yeah. by the way, as well, I... D- Unless, this, I, I presume, like many of those fairy tales, this is actually meant to be some analogy to a fertility or something. I horror. thought it was an analogy to a smother party. Is it? Which is what I've always heard. <laughs> smother party? That's a thing. It was like a cuddle party, but with murderings? No, it was a, it was a, an orgy. when Pre-TV pre like times and all that, when okay. uh, an old royal, not the major family, but a, a duke or an earl or what have you, okay. would get to, um, just get to, like, old and geriatric to even make public appearances they're shitting their pants and stuff mm-hmm. um uh they would oftentimes they would just kill them they would kill them and um and they would they would put them under mattresses and there would be an orgy on top bit of an out with the old in with the new <laughs> uh and it was called a smother party i was hoping you were gonna say they fuck them to death because i'm like that's kind of <laughs> nice yeah, no, obviously obviously everyone wants to go out by being yeah. fucked to death um, but, it, but it does feel like like i don't think i'd want to marry the person who complained about the most comfortable bed in the That's world. That's a very with. good point. I never thought of it from that angle. <laughs> right. like, it just seems like a hassle. It seems like it's going to make yeah. travel yeah. an issue. Everything's going to yeah, be. Yeah, but sometimes like, you can't fill stuff. i tell you guys a little story called the Prince and the Butt Plug that happened to me a couple times. <laughs> uh, <there> was a, <laughs> what do you got under there? Um, where are you hiding the... All right, guys. So <laughs> how, I, I'm curious as to how this works. Yes. In that it's... Uh, yes. Is it... Is there something about they've they've wrapped the object in a way that it's creating like a neutral sensation well, like I'll, it, I'll tell you TJ yeah, yeah, I'll please, tell you what's happening please. here um obviously there are optical invisibility cloaks uh which make objects appear invincible while others appear to let heat or sound pass uninfluenced um so there's this completely new type it's based on a so-called meta material that consists of a polymer its major properties are determined by the special structure. So uh, we built the structure around the object to be hidden. In this structure, strength depends on the location in a defined way, explains TMO Buchmann, KIT, the first author of the article. The precision of the components combined with the size of the complete arrangement was one of the big obstacles to the development of the mechanical invisibility cloak. I know, I'm confused too. Yeah. I'm confused too. The, meta- the metamaterial is a crystalline... Uh, material structured with sub-micrometer accuracy. Uh, it consists of needle-shaped cones whose tips meet. The size of the contact points is calculated precisely to reach the mechanical properties desired. In this way, a structure results through which a finger or measurement instrument cannot feel its way. Hmm. This still kind of confuses yes. me a bit. But the article so the, goes on to say, yes. um, 
in the invisibility cloak produced, a hard cylinder is inserted into the bottom layer. Any objects to be hidden can be put... Sorry. Any objects to be hidden can be put into its cavity if a light foam or many layers of cotton will be placed above the hard cylinder. The cylinder would be more difficult to touch, but could still be felt as a foam. Okay, I'm with you so far. The metamaterial structure directs the force of the touching fingers of the touching finger such that the cylinder is hidden completely. So it so you can't detect the shape of what's there, but well, I think is it pushing even... back on your finger in such a way that you don't feel as if you can feel anything? From my understanding of it, it sort of almost aikidos your anything you touch. It sort of almost sort of aikidos it round the yeah, object in right. the same way that a true invisibility cloak for visual light, which is what they tried to make a lot of, bend other light. Yeah, bends light around it so that light that's coming from somewhere behind it appears to pass directly through right, whereas in fact right. it, it gets curved around and resumes its path so i i i guess it because, feels like this is the physical equivalent yeah. where if you try to push down on that object with your finger your finger actually gets deflected around it but it feels like it's going Straight. it feels like this is oh, nothing right, there. right yeah because mm. i could see something akin to like noise canceling headphones where what it's actually doing is creating another noise that's making yeah. you think so if it's creating a, a temperature and a sensation that's exactly matching the rest of the surroundings, but just not what that object is, then you put your hand there and you just think, well, I'm just holding my hand in this air that feels like this temperature and this right. moisture level and this whatever. It does feel like opposed to actually being. It does feel like this material would make the ultimate camping mat. Yeah. Oh, if, it just, yeah. if any sort of bumpy surface below just oh, yeah. feels flat and smooth. Sure. What if I just want to feel nothing at all? Have they, have they mastered that yet? <laughs> that's, why we, that's why we have Lagunitas. Okay, okay, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you to our generous sponsor, Lagunitas, yeah. dulling the pain of existence <laughs> since 1975. <laughs> I'm going to guess. <laughs> Making us forget the inevitability of our futures. <laughs> Lagunitas, everybody. I think we definitely should cover this one story. Of course. Because a lot of people sent it in, and it's... Maybe we should start to have a regular feature of bullshit story of the week. Because... A lot of... I think we... I know where you're going. Because by the time I looked at this article, it was already amended because they realized, like, okay, we were just going for some click-throughs and we realized, like, this isn't really what yeah. the intent... Does it involve a certain gas and of health course, benefits? Of course it does. Yeah. A yes. lot of news... A lot of news agencies around the world and as a result of cuts in funding to news gathering and news presentation, they all seem to cannibalize each other's oh, stories yeah. and things spread very quickly. Have you guys watched Lo- the, uh, the Conan segments? Where they'll you? I'm so sorry to interrupt, but no, no, no. There's, there's these segments. I suggest everyone YouTube it. It's hilarious. It's where uh, Conan will do like today in the news, and it's literally just one phrase of like um, of like you know looks like the former Superman actor finally found his kryptonite. It'll be like a like a somewhat of a turn of phrase like that, and mm-hmm. everyone's taking it from the same wire service Every- and just repeated. Oh, the exact yes, same. I have it's always seen from that. like the I AP, but that. it'll be like five minutes like, long. There's one person but somewhere a- who sends this to every like it's yeah, I just mean, someone at the, the AP. Someone or is it? They're all just using the same. I'm not sure, but it's it's uh, it's someone got creative just in the wire service. Yeah, and they're all just taking the same story and repeating it, and but even taking repeating the same that quote. stupid joke yeah. within yeah. the yeah, <laughs> it's Absolutely. really weird. Uh, so this one, this is the phrase that got repeated and got banded around in every news organization. Smelling farts may be good for your health. Okay. Did one, did a, did a, did a housewife discover this weird trick? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> oh my god speaking <laughs> of that you guys i saw my favorite ever <laughs> I fa- my favorite uh the the blank that blank doesn't want you to know about i saw yes. a web oh. ad that was uh <laughs> The book site that librarians don't want you to know about. Oh my God. <laughs> what are these damn librarians trying to keep? Trying to hide from me. Oh man! All oh, those librarians. Yeah. God damn it! So they want to get people away from books. Yeah, don't they? they hate it when people read. Yeah. They, yeah. If that's one thing they hate, it's access literacy. to literacy. Fuck! People could be getting books for free from us, yeah. but they're buying it from this bullshit website instead. Uh, yeah, it, wow! I also just the language ones as well. Like, uh, the language learning yeah. trick that. Language professors don't want you to know, as if, yeah. as if a Spanish, as if it's a, a professor your, of Spanish at a university that is your doesn't faith. want people to be no, fluent bueno. in Spanish. Yeah. Like that's what they do. You that's what protect they protect your uh, nugget, man. He's got a job. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? Once you get to university to, level, like you don't have tenure. <laughs> what would be a thing that like comedians don't want you to know? <laughs> I think what we really how think. depressing. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. How often we jerk off? I don't know. <laughs> right. Uh, most people are talking about that pretty. Here's the thing about so you say that this article was was somewhat was well by the time retracted. I even clicked on the Time article that right. was sent in by because here's the thing Adam. like that's a completely accurate headline. What did it say? Smelling farts found to have health benefits. Well, Read the exact headline. Smelling farts may be good for your health. Yeah, it is good for your health because you know what else you smell when you smell a fart. Oxygen. You need to breathe. <laughs> right. So technically, that's not wrong. What, yeah, what, holding what your breath the, forever yeah, when someone nearby has fart, farted. Better than holding your breath don't forever. Put, like, if someone farts in the room, don't put a plastic bag over your head <laughs> yeah. and tile it. And yeah. Seal it off. So what was the faulty science behind well, this? So the amended headline was, A stinky compound may protect against cell damage, yeah, study so, finds, which so, is a lot so more here's accurate. here's what the initial stories said. Farts contain uh, hydrogen sulfide which is what your body produces as bacteria passes, as bacteria breaks down food. Which, um, sure. And hydrogen sulfide could prevent mitochondrial damage, which is one of the things that can lead to disease and even cancer. It's The article says, although hydrogen sulfide gas is well known as a pungent, foul-smelling gas in rotten eggs and flatulence, is naturally produced in the body and could in fact be a healthcare hero with significant implications for future therapies in a, for a variety of diseases. But so the what, stretch they made is... And it's one of those things that these articles, like the Daily Mail in the UK is known for it, for example, where like eating X can cure Y. And what it nearly always is, even when they go back to the person who originally wrote the paper, they're like, no, that's not what we said in the slightest. What we said is a compound that is found in this food has been shown in a lab to affect cell cultures in this positive way right that doesn't mean that oh well now if i eat nothing but mangoes i'll never get alzheimer's no, like, it's like no it's like that thing where they say that um i mean I, I hate to go a little blue with it but the thing of like a uh, pineapple helps the taste of of your seminal fluid right you've yeah. heard that but that's not is that real, not true it's not true at all that's, is it not true no it's based on a study that that you get more blowjobs at tiki bars <laughs> So I don't know, I don't, and and somebody, somebody deconstructed that as as pineapple makes your, <laughs> and I believe it's uh, is it Joe Mandy's joke, but uh, but uh, semen actually ruins the taste of pineapple. <laughs> right, right, it doesn't work both ways. Absolutely works both ways. But um, no, it's actually a a, a stay at home housewife discovered that that uh, semen <laughs> that pineapple helps the. <laughs> 
I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I really thought that that was, maybe I'm disgullible. I really thought that that was like, at least just like that sugar might actually make its way through your system. I don't know, but that seems like something that there's no way that's. If if asparagus can make your pee smell bad right away, why isn't there something that's. There's no way. Probably. There's no way the pineapple thing is accurate. Okay, but they've got it. I don't doubt that. How do you test for that? I don't doubt very easily. Where is that college study? I went to Arizona. (laughs) We we talked about this last time. I went to Arizona State University. A lot of people have tested that theory a lot of times. I don't even think you would need. Rigorously. But that's, that's not. That's still. You would have to do. You you'd have to do your body's a controlled experiment. Yeah. Where? How do you control that? Very easily. What are you talking about? I mean, like, okay, to do it with the rigorous standards of like an actual yeah. scientific study. But I'm saying like you could even do just a layperson study very easily that would be pretty conclusive because, like, first of all, are you saying that like there's no correlation between the probably the the smells and tastes of your body's various excretions that relates to the food you put in yourself because of course they are. I'm not are. saying that at all. I'm saying how do you test the pineapple juice thing? I mean, do you want me to say it? Like you, of course if you, you yeah. could do it yourself. You wouldn't even need someone else to do it. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, but, but although then but that wouldn't then be a double have, blind test. That's, no, but I mean oh, it depends on how you choke no, off. You but. can just change what you eat every day and then No, because then day. you have the placebo effect. You already know the result you want. You're like, it does taste sweeter. Well you Here's have someone else cook for you, obviously. You would have to you, you'd have to have a variety of sperm samples, like a variety of semen samples that have been provided by people who have and haven't consumed pineapple. Yeah. And, other things and, and then you'd have you to have even, a... You wouldn't even have to rely on taste. You could actually break down the compounds that are in it and see if there's more sugar in the ones that came from people that ate sugary things or fruits. Like, sure. You could definitely test for it and either disprove it or prove it. But I, I mean, I don't doubt that there's a correlation in all Just of your body's fluids with what you're eating. Make something taste better... Better, it's I suppose, an opinion. sweeter. But I'm, I'm assuming it means sweeter. Or even, ju- uh, honestly, just less like the thing it originally tasted like. <laughs> less like better. I think people like, just like, uh, yeah. Better is? <laughs> because, I mean, what if you're, <laughs> you know, you're into sour? I don't know. It, it, it yeah. yeah, different people have different tastes. Different tastes. Like, so you can't You, you can't want to have that umami that, like, You can't say sense. that as a scientific <laughs> headline of, like, makes it taste better. That's. I mean, that's true. Okay. I do agree with sweet. that. I agree sweeter. with Jesse on that point. You, you... Why, like, why are you so are you putting opposed to the idea yeah. that this could it's be like true? It's like I'm not personally a fan of uh, fruit-flavored beers. Right. Like, you know, the Blackberry or Fruly or whatever mm-hmm. the brands are. I'm like, I want my beer to taste like beer. Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't see why people would be like, I want my, my cum to taste cummy. Sure. And that's not be- even the one drinking this delicious Lagunitas. This is coming from a sober person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm stone cold sober. I haven't had any yeah. jizz in me in mm-hmm. ages. Like, <laughs> I like not... No, it's unlike well, unlike that's a different problem that you yeah, have. You unlike have the fellatio story earlier about the cummy bears, <laughs> we're doing oh, late, that was on deck for a long time. Callback. Well, no, he not just callback so much, but dropped it. You know, no, 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 sure, right, right. sure, yeah, that had to happen. Yeah. So anyhow, so this compound <clears throat> that is stinky um, on a cellular level can protect, can help mitochondria uh, re- regenerate itself. Is that sort of the thing? But, but it's not saying that like you taking a bunch of whiffs of farts isn't going to make your whole body cancer proof all of a sudden. Did I die from that? What's that? Didn't a guy die from... Yeah, from Mikey being... from the Life Cereal commercials. Yeah. What? Did you do one of those gas masks? He inhaled to... a bunch of farts and then drank uh, Coke after eating Pop Rocks and his stomach and brain exploded. <laughs> it's it's documented. Re- it's you're kidding. It didn't repair the mitochondria fast enough. You're fucking with me. I just <laughs> I just Googled by the... Google auto-completed from quite early on the sentence, death from fart inhalation. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got as far as like You're fucking with me about FA. Mikey, though. I mean, yes, not about the urban fart, fart part. Everyone thinks that he ate Pop Rocks and drank soda. That's the, always that's, that's an urban legend. legend. That's the exploded. urban legend, really. Because oh, people yeah. haven't heard of burping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only there was some reason. Like, because they, yeah. The I find, what I say, Mythbusters actually did it too. It is shocking the degree to which your stomach expands. I have so much. Stuff. It's Mikey life cereal paraphernalia. 
It's all I would eat when I was a kid, and I would send in those proofs of purchase, and I got I got watches. I got life cereal yeah. stuff, man. Wow. So Into it's it. better for you if that was true. There might be some value to those things. If sure. there really was a shocking story, but I'm pretty sure he's just like an insurance no, agent. No, but I thought yeah. someone Sheboygan. had died from too much fart inhalation. I thought that had happened. Now, then again, <laughs> no, I How did they set this up exactly? believe a lot of things. Yeah. Is it like when you commit suicide in a in a garage by putting a hose from the tailpipe into the window? That's what I mean. Because people like, don't people do, do the bong, like a bong thing, thing where your like, gas know. mask just connected to a bong. A very yeah. quick. And that's that's why I'm bummed out. I got that Prius. I was in the garage for weeks. <laughs> um, a very quick look online has uh, seems to have refuted the idea that anyone has died from fart inhalation. Okay. Okay. That seems okay. That's, that seems that's you know I, I, I believe it either way. Like either way is I'll accept it. I'll take it. But also you can't... So you're unlikely to kill yourself by inhaling farts, but you're also unlikely to cure cancer. Yes. Okay. So everybody who's been huffing farts this past uh, But is it bad so. for you? I guess that was my I question. I don't think so. And here's, and here's what you could definitely cure by that, and that is uh, a lackluster party. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. You could kick your party up a notch by... But is there enough, because it, it's sulfide, whatever, is there enough of that that inhaling it in large quantities would eventually... Like, what's the amount that you have to inhale before that's unhealthy to you? Well, this is the thing, it, and again, with any of those stories... Well, let's like, ask our, our German listeners, like some, if someone could email in. But again, with any of, any of those stories, the amount that you'd have to eat to get the proportion... Right, exactly. It's always To get that, the amount of the chemical, the and thing, also... Like, the chemical Whiskey doesn't even necessarily to go help. to those cells. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. think that the actual like process of aspiration has anything to do with... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what, I'm, what I mean is, is this then directly... not only a, uh, a silly and poorly reported story, is it a dangerous story in the sense that there would be a negative consequence from inhaling yeah. whatever gases are in farts, that if you did it to a degree that you were trying to help this cancer thing, something else would happen. Sure. Are I they actually playing fast and loose with... I don't think that would necessarily be the case, but I do think, uh, I think the main negative public health aspect of this story is the more stories like this get published, the more bullshit about science and ideas and health are in the public domain. Yes. Yeah. And the less rigor and checking and testing and everything goes on. No, that's that's absolutely the case. Okay, so if any listeners have done a controlled study of semen flavor, please do write us in. You can tweet at probably science or email probablyscience at gmail.com. Story suggestions, corrections, um, taste test results, that kind of thing. Um, right, and put in the subject line, regrets. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, a weekend I won't get back. Right, right. Do we Not have- paid enough. That was the... We we have do we have time from for another story? We've oh sure so we many get, stories. We did get a lot of stories, and I we, know, we, we try to get to them. We're not going to get through near a large number of the stories that you guys sent in. I'm sorry about that. And also, a few of you have sent in some really nice emails in the time we've been uh, away. And but Matt, I haven't even seen you since you got back. This has been been a big catch up. I so know, it's right? Like a fun too much. Food. The boys are back in town. We last we're all bruised from falling all about the place at Johnny's <laughs> last night. If that chick don't want to go, <laughs> we, we fell about the place. It up. <laughs> if that chick don't want to know, forget her. In the words the of Phil, boys are back in town. Yeah. Wow. I feel like I missed something. Over at Johnny's. We're just quoting lines from Boys Are Back in Town. Oh, no biggie. Oh, they're, yeah, yeah biggie. okay. All right. Yeah. Over at I, it's, I've never heard them just said without the actual singing inflection, so it's really a, hard to recognize. I love it. Thin Lizzy, but like some of his lyrics are so. He's the kind of like songwriter who will put in words like really, you know, to pad out the oh, syllable. Oh, yeah, right, right. right, right. Just to, <laughs> wait, is Thin Lizzy a person? 
Uh, Phil it's not Lynott the name of the, the lead singer. Right, he's the lead Phil singer. Lindsay, yeah, but it yeah. is, it's like Jethro Tull, like it's kind of a name, but yes, it yeah, refers yeah. to the collection of or people. Or probably like a, a play right. on Tin Lizzy, which yeah. is the car model, right? Right, right. yes, the, the model team. Yes, and it was specifically that, and it's because they're from, I think they're from Dublin, they're definitely from somewhere in Ireland, where the TH is often pronounced just as a T sound. So that's why... Yeah, like, that's I re- so that's remember what the play on words was in mm. that the great movie once all currently a Broadway musical playing at the Pantages downtown Los Angeles. There's a great line where they want to record and they go to get that band, and they're like, "Who you know? Will you guys come record with us?" And the guy's like, "Who are you playing? Like Lizzie tunes?" And like, "No, no, some things that I wrote." And he's like, "We only play Lizzie. Like it's literally a cover <laughs> band who plays one thing and that's it on the streets of Dublin." There is there is a covers band festival, like a music festival oh, in the UK yeah. that a friend of mine did the comedy tent of, and I was like, "That sounds like." Do such you have to a be re- someone else? Who did, yeah, who did he cover? I know. <laughs> who did he cover? I've done a comedy cover show. Have you guys done? I haven't yet, but I, I oh I the like Halloween the Halloween, the Halloween stuff. one they do yeah stick or treat. Oh, yeah. Stick or treat, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did Hedberg. It was so much fun. Like those jokes just never don't kill. Yeah, yeah. Like you just can't help but. If yeah. you were going to go to a comedy, or if you were going to go to a covers festival, Matt, that you're talking about, how would you get there as quick as possible? Oh, I don't know. I'd probably uh, walk. No, no, no. There's got to be a faster way. Right? I don't know if the, I don't know like if science has found a quicker way than walking. Brisk jog. I don't know, you guys. It seems like there'd be a faster, uh, some sort of faster way to get there. I don't. I mean, obviously, you could you could fly. It's probably you could fly. Well, yeah, if you're made of money. Well, I don't you shaped into wings, like money. right. If you're made of money, money that you yeah. carved into sort of an aerodynamic. Well, did you did you guys know that? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was like 18 kilohertz. Yeah, I know it's not. It was... It's it's a problem. Um, NASA uh, working on a warp drive, you guys. Ah, is this the story that Morgan Perrine sent in? A regular listener, Morgan Perrine, uh, sent it in. A few other people sent it in as well. Um, a few other people. Yeah, it's uh, so NASA uh, is working on a warp drive project, and that could take a spacecraft to Alpha Centauri in as little as two weeks. What? Is this a this is the bend the space time around you to make you go? faster thing I, is it the I, general principle perhaps i think I, at the moment all it is is just a picture of a spaceship with the words warp drive written over it and then some speed lines, some speed lines. yeah that's I basically thought there was just like, i thought there was just a nasa scientist who was hitchhiking to get to the warp tour is that not what this is about mm, good call oh, okay good call. no it's not um a few months ago physicist harold white a uh, great physicist name um, who's like gonna sell meth? You mean Doctor Harold quote uh, Sunny White? Is that who you're talking about? Uh, sure. Does your article not have his nickname as Sunny? No, Mine does. Yeah, you can call him Sunny um, if you want. Well, he stunned the aeronautics world uh, when he announced that he and his team at NASA had begun work on the development of a faster than light warp drive. And let me tell you something: the aeronautics world is hard to stun. Yeah, I've tried to do it. Stunnable oh, yeah. world. I've tried to do it. Well, you tried to do it mostly with card tricks, and you are not <laughs> a good magician. I'm not a good magician, and those aeronautics people just stared at me. Um, they, they didn't go for it, but this guy, his proposed design is an ingenious reimagining of an, uh, Alcubier. Alcubier? Sure. That works for me. Alcubier? Alcubier. 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 An, uh, an ingenious reimagining. That's the point is that it's ingenious Mm. and it's a reimagining. Those are the two things you need to know of an an Alcubier drive. That was named for theoretical physicist Miguel Albuquerque. Alcubier. Miguel Stinky Alcubier. Are we reading different articles? <laughs> <laughs> Are we reading? Um, well, it may eventually result in an engine that can transport a spacecraft to the nearest star in a matter of weeks, and all without violating... Uh, uh, there's a typo in this article. It just misses out what it doesn't violate. I presume well, it's talking about Einstein's laws of relativity right. and the... Yes. And the 
speed of light being a ultimate limit. But it says the article, the idea came to White while he was considering a remarkable equation formulated by physicist Miguel Alcubierre in his 1994 paper entitled The Warp Drive, Hyperfast Travel Within General Relativity. Uh, Alcubierre suggested a mechanism by which space-time could be warped both in front of and behind a, a spacecraft. Good call, TJ. All right. Uh, well, because this is basically the thing. Did you ever see any movie in the 90s? <laughs> there were like there were like 10 movies in a Go row. On. Event Horizon is one that springs to mind. Okay. Where Just because it's in the title. In order to sort of uh, uh, expositorily explain to both the audience and some idiot right ca- a cast member how they were going to get to wherever they were going because it would be faster than light they would always take a piece, piece of, paper of paper and say imagine we're this point and this is where we need to go what if you folded the paper and now the two points were together <sighs> time taco mine's blown yeah time yeah taco. the time taco yeah, time everybody taco. knows about that so yeah it's <laughs> everybody knows. that's that's how the idea was pitched time taco tuesdays that's yeah. how einstein <laughs> pitched relativity well miguel acubier sounds like he might have had a time taco guy See, this doesn't involve acceleration that's the weird thing so it says the empty space behind a star ship would be made to expand rapidly pushing the craft in a forward direction passengers would perceive it as movement despite the complete lack of acceleration Uh, White speculates such a drive could result in speeds that could take a spacecraft to Centauri in a matter of two weeks even though the system is 4.3 light years away Uh, in terms of the engine's mechanics a spheroid object would be placed between two regions of space-time, one expanding and one contracting. A warp bubble would then be generated that moves space-time around the object. It doesn't seem to explain how that's generated. That seems to be the really key yes, point. That's, um, well, I th- I'm, yeah, I mean, haven't they sort of figured out that in order to go the speed of light, the amount of energy you would need would be Well, but I think that's the point about this is to accelerate to... The, to actually, this uh, but, is a no-acceleration yeah, thing. This, yeah, that's the point. It's impossible to travel faster than the speed of light and it's impossible to even travel close to the speed of light because according to Einstein's laws the closer you get to the speed of light the denser you become the more compressed you become like you I thought his laws were standard 65 right (laughs) yeah and the more uh, the more energy is required to get there it's so it becomes increasingly difficult and eventually impossible to hit the speed of light but what you can do is space can expand and contract at any speed so that's what this is sort of relying on, is rather than rather than going quicker than the speed of light, you make the space around you change yeah, size. Don't don't push yourself change. there. Make there kind of come to you a I little don't know, bit. You guys. Mountain to Mahal. You make- could probably only do that if you're utilizing a modified Mickelson Morley interferometer. <laughs> oh wait, they have one of those. They did that. Okay, so that that allows them to uh, <laughs> So that's that's settled. <laughs> um, that allows them to measure microscopic uh uh Perturbations. Never heard that before. No. So, Perturbations? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, here, uh, I think we're jumping ahead a tiny bit. So, before we get to that, yes. it says space time is really stiff. So, to create the expansion and contraction effect in a useful manner would require a lot of energy. However, based on the analysis I did the last six months, then 18 months rather, they maybe hope the key, says White, may be in altering the geometry of the warp drive itself. Uh, he discovered something that was in the maths all along. I suddenly realized that if you make the thickness of the negative vacuum energy ring larger, like shifting from a belt shape to a donut shape, and oscillate the warp bubble, you can greatly reduce the energy required, perhaps making the idea plausible. What a fucking idiot didn't think of that sooner. Um, that does that entire paragraph does sound like something that was just written in a sci-fi movie for jargon. Yes. yes. It felt like 
um, yeah. was it in the, in the Star Trek scripts they just write tech yeah. in there when they're writing the scripts and then, and then someone the, some, they're just and then the, poor bastard their guest scientists fill it in with yeah. nonsense but um, with plausible nonsense White had adjusted the shape of Alcubierre's ring which surrounded the spheroid uh, the spheroid from something that was a flat halo to something that was thicker and curvier thicker and curvier mm. always better Sure. Uh, Donut shape, the way to go. He says the warp, the warp drive could be powered by a mass that's even less than that of the Voyager 1 spacecraft. Wow. Wow. So what are we waiting on? What's the what's the thing that's keeping this from reality right now? Um, it's, uh, yeah, utter okay, theoreticalness. So, so they're attempting to make one of the, so they, they are using this, this Mickelson-Morley interferometer, and that allows them to measure microscopic perturbations in space-time. Um, so in their case, he says, uh, they're attempting to make one of the legs of the interferometer appear to be a different length when, when they energize the test devices. White and his colleagues are trying to uh, simulate the tweaked Alcubi air drive in miniature by using lasers to perturb space-time by one part in 10 million. Um, I really hope, if nothing so, else, that this guy is successful and they rename the drive after him. So now we can just say Smith yes. Drive for all our future podcasts. And do you think that this does any, I mean, I guess intuitively, I, I'm guessing the answer is no. But would, would the actual warping of space-time affect anything about the properties of that space-time that's getting manhandled by like us? Like, would a person within it be? Right. Would a yeah. person within it survive yeah, it seems the like there's... contraction? And and or maybe, to them, there would be no cha- discernible change. I don't really know how this stuff works. What do you guys think? We're all guessing at this. I don't know. Yeah. It sounds like a no discernible change thing, but we it also seems one like... one of our physicists, listeners, or friends to help us on this one. We are well, definitely stuck on this story. But it's badass. It's pretty awesome. I yeah. can kind of picture it. Is the weird, usually there's this kind of stuff well, you can't intuitively picture it. I right, right. I can, can see that a little bit. Well, and let's flip this the other way. Like, so you think about it as, oh, we could build something that would take us from here to whatever. Is the implication that like, if there's nothing about the laws of physics that makes this impossible, then some other alien race is presumably who's way more advanced than us also figured this out, and that may be... Well, we've, Matt and I have discussed this before about how Stephen Hawking every month warns against something new. Right. But at this point, there's no way to tell if it's coming from the place of being a scientific genius or just being a weird old guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he's like, yeah, but don't try to, the aliens will come. Yeah. And, and like he just recently warned against robots. And it's like, now you're just uh, being an old guy. Right, man. right. And there's like, he's st- people still take it seriously because he's, you know. Yeah. Because yeah, he's like the most important Albanians and like, don't trust their figs. Yeah. It was weird. Like, you're just. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Stephen Hawking thinks everyone should eat pudding. Like,. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we, we got to wrap up in a sec, but um, bending space-time, time travel, what do you do with it? Time machine, let's ignore the paradoxes, what do you do? Oh, is this even something they're implying? Cause I don't think you can manipulate space-time to go backwards in time, right? Yeah, I, I think mean, it's, this is just traveling just great distances. Tra- this is traveling great distances. And in a way, in a yeah. way traveling forward it's the next in time, step. sort of. But Yeah, no. well, the next step is time manipulation, right? I still think there's never yeah. a way that backwards time travel. Could I don't think ever you ever happen. appear in something else that already happened. Yeah, I don't think there's a way. I think it's just intuitively I, it, the paradoxes right. that are created are unresolvable. Okay, unless it's like a parallel, unless it's like a, a, a completely different parallel universe, sure timeline, right thing that doesn't affect 
No, I'm not. There's I'm no not, loop. There's no way you could get in like a feedback loop with it. I don't think. Uh, well, okay, to, but sorry. Forgetting to all me, that, it was a but, more interesting question to ask than what. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Okay, when sorry. you get to Alpha Centauri for two weeks or that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I could say where do you explore, but you don't know you where. Don't know. Okay, let's let's go back in time. Sure. So I don't know. I probably like. I mean, say, I, go I got a lot of work I need to do. I probably just catch up on reading and then head back. <laughs> I don't. I probably stay in my hotel. It's maybe a week, two weeks. Uh, yeah. Just pull a. Uh, just take the opportunity uh, to. What's oh my god! I forgot. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It came out ten years ago. It beat Garden State uh, to get the top oh, prize at it, Sundance. Uh, it, oh, it's Sundance. Oh yeah, uh, Primer. Um, Primer. Primer. Jesus, yeah. Just do the Primer thing. Which just hang I, I, I maybe told you this story. I saw the movie at Sundance at Ooh. midnight in uh, the the Park City Library has a lovely screening room like on the top floor, but it's not laid out for comfortable movie viewing and at Sundance you're part you've been at parties and seeing eight movies a day one whatever. screening your librarian doesn't want you so, to know yeah <laughs> so I fell asleep for like eight minutes of primer probably drooling on Shane Carew's shoulder and if you think that movie is hard to follow when you're locked into it fall asleep oh for a couple God. minutes during which they've gone back and forth a few times yeah and then try to jump right back into it no fucking idea what was going on but what a badass movie yeah. yes any listener that hasn't watched primer it's in my top 10 of all time i haven't what never seen oh, it yeah and back one one i believe the uh sundance has like a forty thousand dollar prize the alfred p sloan uh prize for science in independent film mm-hmm. that they give away which is basically like Hey, did any movie at Sundance have anything to do with science? <laughs> okay, congratulations. You're this year's winner yeah, yeah. of the Alfred P. Sloan right. Excellence in Science and Independent Cinema Award. That movie's so badass and made for yeah. like $7,000, I think. Yeah, something like that. Uh, if you want to buy that, go to Amazon.com, but first click on our link so we'll get a little bit of a kickback. Time travel, what do you do? Oh, man. Um, see, everything about backwards time travel, not, not in terms of the science stuff, but the actual... like. Uh, um, social stuff like i'm yeah. always leery of what if i get an illness that can't be cured but i know that if i was just in the future i'd be okay i'd be so scared to go back for any reason like that but i guess you know it'd be pretty cool it'd be to, as cliche as it is to be able to like go see the beatles in concert or zeppelin or something yeah, you know, 60s, incredible. yeah. Little late 60s just to go concert hopping yeah that'd be incredible yeah would you do anything for not um, that the Beatles were even playing live in the late sixties, but you know, uh, sure. W- would you do anything for like weird, arrogant reasons, like uh, just just go be like the coolest person ever because you know all this future stuff, right? Yeah, would you that's just go I become a billionaire. I, I just feel like no matter what time I'd go back to, I would be um, burned at the stake for being. I would think I would be so visible as being different that I would be shunned in any other time because I yeah. wouldn't be able to. You wouldn't be able to keep yourself from being like, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I think about this stuff too much, guys. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I would stick out. I'd stick out no matter where I was. So. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. I, and also, I don't, think, I, I don't think I know enough about the mechanics of modern technology to be the genius that I'd want to be. Right. Yeah. Like, I can't think of any subject where I am yeah, so well You couldn't well just versed. invent the iPhone. I, He's exactly. like, no, it does this. <laughs> love that scene in Army of Darkness where he goes back and, like, makes a usable, just like, mecha- robot hand yeah. with a chemistry book. And you're like, so the guy who worked at a Kmart or whatever has yeah. enough knowledge. To, yeah. I could I could draw a robot. Yeah. <laughs> Although, probably not. I'm not a very good artist. I'm not very good no, at drawing. I would have to go so far back in time before I could invent anything <laughs> that, yeah, right. you know, before I could claim an invention. And those yeah, are yeah. also the times when, if you point out that, like, that thing up there is not revolving on uh, like if you point out that the obvious things that we know now you'll also be killed as a heretic. you'll be killed i think there's yeah i think there's some if i went back before newton's time i think i know enough of calculus oh. that i could be really impressive 
So yeah. I, I could be heralded as a mathematical genius. If I could bring one mm. cheat sheet with me that just had the important stuff. You don't have about... to time travel naked. Like, okay, obviously, so in reality, you, can, you would. You can stuff your pockets at least. Yeah, I guess that's a very good point. Yeah, if you brought back just the like... Equations of motion. I think I can still... Motion. I can work those out. Right now, if you didn't have, you could. Yeah, I think could so. Could you get? Could you remember the? Um, like Vaguely remember like gravitation. Could you remember that? I think so. I think I could. I think I could at least. I think I could at least work stuff out from first principles, because I remember what those first principles are. I think I could do that. Yeah, I could describe like the parabolic flight of something that you throw or something. Could, yeah. Mm. And then rework out basic calculus. Yeah. So I think I think I could do that. I think I could impress people with that. When it comes to actual inventions, the mechanics of things, like I could describe how a plane flies, but also I know that I I don't know if I remember could work out how to make an engine that's sufficiently powerful to be tough. to power it, which means you're down to the Wright brothers kind of thing. And you're like, no, trust me, this will work. <laughs> like, okay, if you can go to like whoever, this will work. You know, I get the principle of yeah. it and like how the camshafts could open up the, the intake and outtake thing in each cylinder, sort of. Yeah, I, I, I think guess. I could, with someone else who's more mechanically inclined, I could walk them through making an engine. But I walk your you, time travel goals I, I couldn't MacGyver one. Like if no, you put me, I couldn't make one. Of course not. No. If you put me even like in a factory that makes combustion engines with all of the equipment and all the information, I probably would still fail to make one. I don't think I can make a mo- an oh, engine. light bulb. Or no, actually, you, know, you got to know exactly. It's not just, it's like knowing the Custom compound. And then a then vacuum. If, I figure yeah. I would just win all the Olympics. <laughs> I would go back and just when, when was the <laughs> I don't oh think God. there's a time in history yeah. all the strategy based no. Olympic events the that Olympics that have existed for yeah. 112 years you're gonna go back and you think that in 1904 people were that's what I mean no, it's, we're, no we're in the future now you know I mean it would blow their minds just the speed we can run now I would go back and <laughs> the Olympics I, aren't that old I'm, I'm okay sorry yeah. <laughs> no, I, I like reckon, the idea I, like I the reckon idea. I'd go back and I'd win all the sprinting in the Olympics. <laughs> I, will, yeah. I thought you were serious. I'm like, there probably was a time yeah. when you would... No. Yeah. I, don't... I couldn't go to ancient Greece and win against their athletes in anything. No. That's I've, absurd. I feel like... I think I would go to 1920s Prohibition and uh, just be like, hey, guys, they know about the knock three times and you open a little slat in the door. We need to find somewhere else to drink our whiskey. <laughs> like, it's too obvious. This is the worst speakeasy system ever. <laughs> Let's just figure out something else. That would be my... Innovator of better impressive, speakeasy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Impressive contribution to society. Secret of drinking like, we're is gonna do it. Yeah, that's what I got. That's what I'm contributing. I would be heralded as a genius. Speaking of contributing, you huh? contribute a lot to uh, the world of comedy. What do you got coming up? Uh, let's see. Um, it, well, this will go up, like, now-ish? Yes. Yeah. So, right what, uh, one week... up, bro. Today's the whatever, so the 24th. Today's uh, the 17th. Be, so on the 24th, Thursday, San Diego Comic-Con. I think I'm on a panel that morning, probably the podcast panel. So nice. I'm down at San Diego Comic-Con all week. Great, uh, man. Find me doing silly stuff. Uh, August 7th at the Comedy Palace on Hillhurst nice. in, in uh, sunny Los Feliz, California. Where people find you on uh, Twitter? Where do they I'm find at, you? At TJ Chambers LA. Important to get the... Okay. Got to get the LA. part in there. You don't want lesser TJ Chambers's... The other one's too busy porn doing porn. Yeah, 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 of course. TJ Chambers, SFV, San Fernando Valley. Probably. Yeah. That's where they make porn for <laughs> all of our Norwegian listeners. Oh, uh, while I'm talking about things, I th- uh, I'm going to be back in Europe in August. I'm going to be doing Camp Festival, the music festival there. And there's some other gigs as well. Uh, Birmingham, Manchester. I'll try and put them on the internet. Jason Manford's Comedy Clubs. I'm doing in Manchester and Birmingham in August. So look up those listings. So go to those. Cool. And, as, right. al- and uh, as always, follow us on Twitter. I, I don't have stuff coming up? No, no, you've got nothing coming oh, up. okay. 
Excellent. I thought you jump in. I thought you jumped in at this. Oh, yeah, point I was going to wait until you didn't stop the podcast. Oh, I tell you what, we definitely have. <laughs> yeah, uh, the LA <laughs> Podcast Festival. Thank you. Yes, uh, we are going to be appearing at the third annual LA Podcast Festival happening September 26th through the 28th at the Sofitel Hotel in Beverly Hills. So I know Ooh. some uh, listeners of the show came to that last time. Please come again. Come yeah. and join us. And we're going to have um, we're going to get a great guest. And when you're there, you can also see 35 other shows, including yeah. Jay Moore's More Stories, uh, Aisha Tyler's Girl and Guy. Doug Benson's Doug Love Movies, uh, Jimmy Pardo's Never Not Funny, so many more. Um, tickets and information at LAPodFest.com. Or actually, if you want to go to ProbablyScience.com, we'll have a link on this week's episode. If you click on that, then it gets tagged at like, hey, our fans were the ones that bought tickets to this. So yeah. we know. That's very cool. Proving our metal. And, and also, I will be at the Pickathon August 1st through the 3rd in Portland, Oregon. Emceeing nice. some of the stages, a great festival that happens just outside of Portland uh, on this farm. With five stages, probably like 50 bands. Nickel Creek is there. Oh, awesome. Lots of great stuff. So pickathon.com for info on that. And Jesse? Uh, at Jesse Case on Twitter. If you go to um, bullshitreference.tumblr.com, uh, which sounds fake, but it's actually uh, where I post my schedule and stuff. Um, shows, dates, all that stuff coming up um, just around L.A. And then I got a little Northwest run coming up in the fall. And then trying to uh, do like Midwest East stuff this winter. Get back over there. Um, still getting those lined up, so come, you know, check uh, check out the stuff. Follow us nice. on Twitter and do all the stuff. Yeah, oh, and, and uh, if you're at Burning Man, um, and you'll be at Burning, <laughs> hit us up at, at Probably Science on Twitter. Let me know, and we'll maybe meet up. I'm going to Burning Man for the first time, and I have no idea what it's going to be like. But uh, none of you I'm have excited. gotten in touch to play StarCraft with me. I'm a little bummed yeah. out. <laughs> it's a very very popular game. Some of you play it, so uh, email me your like handle or whatever. Let's do it. Uh, and as always, questions, comments, clarifications, email us probablyscience at gmail.com. You can tweet us at probablyscience. Uh, go on iTunes, subscribe if you're not already subscribing. And if you write us nice reviews and clicks good star ratings on the episodes, that really helps bump us up in the listings and helps more people find out about us. Tell your friends, be nice to each other, do science. Do science. Thank you, TJ. All right. Thank you.